so we were going to immediately start talking about Zelda, but we're a little distracted by the fact that Molasses is yet again uh, obsessed with poppables, and we want to know why. So Molasses, you're not even here, and you have the floor, so if you could please explain to us why it is you like poppables so much, uh, then we can get this fucking show on the road, so maybe if you could quit stalling Molasses, we can maybe get some shit done. They're like crack. I mean, that's good enough for me. Okay. Yep, that works. Not good for you and not good at all. <laughs> you know, the the first and last time I had them was actually at ZU-thon last year. Yeah. And I no, ate the whole goddamn bag! I, I ate none of them. <laughs> They're so good! <clears throat> I tried them and immediately realized they were awful, and then I stopped eating them. Okay, look, I had just ordered and eaten like $70 of sushi. I needed something that was light. And there's nothing but air in those things, so it's, it's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> so anyway, hi. Um, sup? Hi. Yep. Hi. We are um tired. At least I am. I don't know if they are, uh, but I'm speaking for them for some reason. I'm really tired. <laughs> you guys are gonna be carrying me through this. I hope you know that. Yeah. I, I have like no sleep at all. Uh, but as for people that are on uh, YouTube watching this after the fact or Podbean or Apple, whatever, or Amazon, whatever, I don't know. I don't handle this is all done on the back end. I just pay for it and it just goes where it's supposed to go. So to make it sound like an official thing and where it'll start with a nice crispy fade in. Welcome, everyone, to episode. Fuck. Episode seven of retroactivity. I already fucked it up. It's fine. Episode seven of retroactivity uh, where we. uh where we laugh at Snake for being unable to post on Twitter uh, and congratulate uh, <laughs> Zelda Universe itself for being able to post a tweet. <clears throat> Good job. I'm so happy for you, Snake. Three minutes. Could not send. <laughs> it didn't send because the show wasn't actually live yet. Oh, okay. I waited for it to be live and hit tweet and it just went through. Let, let me quickly hit retry again. If this works now, I'm going to die. <laughs> all right, let's try that intro. You know what? No, fuck it. This is all part of the intro. I don't even care. Cool. That's how laid back we are. Work. Did it work? Did it work? Nope. Bummer. That would have been funny as fuck. All right. So episode seven of Retroactivity. Um, we are talking about Zelda. Now, some of you might be thinking, wow, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. And you're right. There's no way we can fit it all into one podcast. So. We are breaking Zelda up into like either like five or six episodes because there's just so much to unpack. And we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to be talking about Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and Zelda 3. Now, some of you out there are like, Zelda 3? What are you smoking? It's a link to the past. A link to the past is Zelda 3. Trust me, I'm an expert on video games. And it's at this point that anyone watching, or sorry, listening, the audio version of this is not going to get the joke I made. That's just too bad. Guess you should have been here, bitch. I'm enjoying this part. Or you could just watch it on YouTube. Don't ruin my joke, snake. God, nerve of some people. Anyway, uh, to help me explore the old depths of the original Zelda stuff, I have two people helping me today. Uh, number one is uh, probably the only person I know that uh, can handle Zelda 2 without pulling their teeth out. 
only one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people shit on Zelda 2. Although I'm sure you're used to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know many people. <laughs> but we have... We have... Joshua. And you may be wondering why I got all like close to the mic on that. We were right before we started, we were talking like, hey, do you want to go by Josh or Joshua? And I'll let you tell this story. It's not really a story, but I usually introduce myself as Joshua, but most people call me Josh. <laughs> so, And that to me is amazing. Because imagine, right? I'm going to use Ben as an example. We all know Ben is Ben, right? But imagine if Ben always introduced himself to people as Benjamin and everyone's like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to call you Ben. That's what this is like to me. And it's really funny. That's right, Ben. This joke was at your expense. I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> I usually tell people I don't care because I really don't. Uh, yeah, Ben. Ben. Oh my, Ben. <laughs> That's the joke, Ben. <sighs> God. Molasses. Look, nobody's going to mess up your name. It's a condiment. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, Ben, I'm really tired, so I can't be funny. Why don't you leave me alone and let me do my podcast? God. Anyway, we have Joshua. Um, I know him from ZU, which is Zelda Universe. We did some stuff last year, and we did some stuff this year, and it was a good time. And I know for a fact that he knows a lot about Zelda, too. And uh, I know I can trust him to be on my stream and my podcast. So I was like, hey, you want to do thing? He's like, yeah, no, here we are. So if you want to introduce yourself and... Say a little bit about yourself. I'll be here sipping on this whatever's in this martini glass that I forgot that I put in it. Oh, well, yeah. My name is Joshua Lindquist. I'm the content director at Zelda Universe. I oversee the entire website, basically. Uh, and I am the resident Zelda 2 lover. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Would you Graphic say you're the only... Would you say you're the only Zelda 2 lover? Is no, it you? Absolutely not. There are many of us, actually. Name one. <laughs> Name one other? Name one. Uh, Shona likes ZU. I was, I was hoping you'd say Elias so I could just like call you out oh. so hard and be like, hey, Elias, come here and lie for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Elias, his favorite dungeon in Zelda 2 is Death Mountain. His favorite. <laughs> it is absolutely his favorite. One time he spent three hours in the dungeon. <laughs> I love this so much. Oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> Poor Elias. I feel so, so bad for him. Oh, it's with safe states, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Oh, oof. <clears throat> Zelda 2 is fun. Everyone should play it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something, and I'm going to get play there. Play states if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's I'll... how I did it the first time. You get good at it. You get I... to practice fighting the same enemy. I'm going to hard. <laughs> you're good at fighting the enemy <laughs> yeah I think oh that's no, one way elias. to do it yeah. hello elias oh no this was not my idea by the way elias uh this, totally this actually was his idea he he basically came to me he's like hey i know you have a podcast have you thought about maybe talking about zelda 2 and i'm like not really nobody likes it and he's like i will give you 37 cents and i'm like let's fucking go so here we are and for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to drag along. <sighs> Hello, Snake. Hi. That's all I got for your intro. If you want to introduce yourself. Glad to be here. Bet you are. You are. Oh, I won't be in bed. 
Look, I just ordered these from Amazon, okay? It came with two, and they were on sale because it was Prime Day, and I'm gonna get some fucking use out of them. Because since I'm drinking it on stream, it's a business expense. You leave me the hell alone, I'll drink out a martini glass if I want to. <clears throat> All right, continue. Snake, uh, you were saying? Oh, yeah. I'm here mostly to talk about Link to the Past because, you know, well, here's the funny thing, right? So, like, you're going to talk about Link to the Past a lot. And Joshua over here is going to talk about uh, Zelda 2 a lot. So that leaves me with the responsibility of talking about Zelda 1. Which you apparently, you admitted before the segment, was just the same dungeon over and over and over. <laughs> I mean, it is, except for the last one. You guys corrected me on that. And you're right, because it has a different music track. That's it. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, uh, let's actually do that. Um, that way we can get to the part where they get to talk more than me. So I can take a little nap and you guys can just whatever. So <clears throat> Zelda one is a, um, is a video game for the Nintendo entertainment system. Are you reading the Wikipedia? Page? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it, um, It's got gameplay. All right, so Zelda 2. <laughs> Moving on. No, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that, I promise. I, uh... It's also a game for the Nintendo. <laughs> it's, also for... <laughs> it's also a game. A Link to the Past is actually for the Super Nintendo. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, do you know how bad I want to upload that? Just hard stop. Yeah, something, something, gold cartridge, something, something. Yep. All right, so, Zelda 1, are you ready? I have the intro for Not this really, all planned go. out. All right, are you ready? Here you we need, go. You need to be ready. Here you go. All right, here we go. <clears throat> this is my bit on Zelda 1. <clears throat> A long, long time ago, the world was in an age of chaos. In the midst of this chaos, in a little kingdom in the land of Hyrule, a legend was being handed down from generation to generation. The legend of the Triforce, golden Doritos possessing magical powers. One day, an evil army attacked this peaceful little kingdom and stole the Triforce of Power. This army was led by Ganon, the powerful prince of darkness who sought to plunge the world into fear and darkness under his rule. <clears throat> Fearing his wicked rule, Zelda, the princess of this kingdom, I lost my place, split up the Triforce of Wisdom into eight fragments and hid them throughout the realm to save the last remaining Triforce from the clutches of the evil Genonon. At the same time, she commanded her most trustworthy nursemaid, Impa, to secretly escape into the land and go find a man with enough courage to destroy the evil Genonon. Upon hearing this, Genonon grew angry imprisoned the princess, and sent out a party in search of Impa. Braving forests and mountains, Impa fled for her life from her pursuers. As she reached the very limit of her energy, as a trustworthy nursemaid, <clears throat> she found herself surrounded by Ganon's evil henchmen. Cornered, what could she do? Lay gasp. But wait, all was not lost. A young lad appeared. He skillfully drove off Ganon's henchmen and saved Impa from a fate worse than death. His name was Link. During his travels, he had come across Impa and Ganon's henchmen. Impa told Link the whole story of Princess Zelda and the evil Ganon. 
Burning with a sense of gonorrhea, Link resolved to save Zelda, but Ganon was a powerful opponent. He held the Triforce of Power, and so in order to fight off Ganon, Link had to bring the scattered eight fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom together to rebuild the mystical triangle. I can't believe it says that. <laughs> if he couldn't do this, there would be no chance Link could fight his way into Death Mountain, where Ganon lived. Can Link really destroy Ganon and save Princess Zelda? Only your skill can answer that question. Good luck! Use the Triforce wisely! There you go. That's the whole intro to the game. You're welcome. <clears throat> That's all I got. I'm dead on the inside <laughs> from that pronunciation of Ganonen. Yeah, well, so there's... Okay, so fun fact about that. Uh, I guess this is how we're going to start talking about Zelda 1. Uh, there was a... One of the spellings of Ganon in there had two N's in the middle, and it's... That's why I did that, because I'm an asshole. <clears throat> so, <laughs> can you get Ganaganant? <laughs> ben, no! Don't do this to me. I hate that video. I'm so, I actually love that video. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, Zelda 1. Uh, that's what you get. I don't know if that was like in the instruction booklet or whatever, but that's like the whole plot thing, I guess. Are you going to read the whole story from the instruction booklet of A Link to the Past also? I was not aware that it had one, but I will do my best if it does. It's about 10 pages. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty solid with text. A couple nice images. Yeah. That's not bad. But then again, that was Super Nintendo. They, they were able to invest a little more money into stuff since people were actually liking video games at that point, which was nice. But uh, I enjoyed doing that more than I thought I would. I'm not going to lie. I think this pomegranate juice needs some sugar because it's very tart and is making me upset. <coughs> All right, so I'm just going to cough in your guys' ear. And then we're going to move on to actually talking about some stuff in Zelda 1. So to get you guys in on the conversation here, Zelda 1, as I'm sure you can guess by the name of it, is uh, the first Zelda game, like properly the first Zelda game. And it was pretty simple. Uh, I mean, it was an NES game, very simple graphics. A lot of the stuff was just palette swaps. Um, a lot of the dungeons, they were just um, they were just palette swaps as far as like their color schemes went. Um, like it was all just basically brick. It's just different colors of brick, depending on which dungeon you were in. Uh, a lot of the rooms looked exactly the same um, enemies. Uh, you could tell whether they were the easier variant or the harder variant. And the only difference was that there was a difference in color. So they did a lot with a with very little at the time. Uh, the map wasn't especially big, uh, but you know, it's fine. I'm not drinking wine molasses. You leave me alone. But anyway, so Zelda one. Um, I think there were definitely games that came before that did what Zelda one did. I think Zelda one was the first one to do it right. And I think that's why it succeeded the way that it did. Um, there's, there's a lot of games out there that have copied the formula since, uh, some have had some success. Others, most others, not so much in my opinion. I think one of the reasons that, uh, the legend of Zelda did as well as it did when it came out, wasn't just because it, because it was fun to play because it was fun to explore. Uh, you can kind of just go wherever, you can kind of just do whatever. Um, there's, I mean, there, there's progression in the items that you get 
from the dungeons, but you can do some of the dungeons out of order. That's really neat, especially for a game as old as this. That's at the time that was very odd. You know, a game that was very RPG ish, you know, how you have a world to explore secrets to find so many secrets to find. But you have all these dungeons uh, that you can you can kind of just jump around to. Um, and not only that, uh, a lot of the secrets in the world, um, you could argue, are even somewhat necessary. The weapon upgrades and heart containers in different places and stuff like that. That's like really the, important. Uh, the white sword, for instance, you exactly. could get that really early on. Hmm. And I also found it very interesting that. Uh, hmm, go ahead. Or you could never find it. Yeah. And that, that's a little bit of the problem is you can. You can end up getting to the end of the game and not really have any upgrades, and it's really hard, and I don't recommend that. <clears throat> um, oh, God, just thinking about trying to beat that game with the standard sword makes me just want to throw up a little bit. But um, I think one of the coolest things about the way the swords are done in the game is the way the game locks them. You have to have X number of heart containers per sword upgrade. Um, and that's really cool. It keeps you from being overpowered at the beginning. But if you if you've explored and you know the map and you know where to go, um, you can get heart containers pretty quickly. And that's why it's so easy to get that white sword so fast is because you just got to get a couple heart containers. Boom, you're ready to go, which is great. Um, there are memes, of course. I know I can't do a stream without people talking about memes, so I'll go ahead and get it out of the way now. Uh, there is a meme uh that exists because of uh Zelda 1 and that is the uh it's a secret to everybody to everybody or from everybody i can never remember to everybody see they know this is why they're here i'm going to fuck up stuff and they're going to be here to fix it for me um originally that was just like a oh you found my secret hidey hole whatever and then it became a meme not just for the internet but also for future games i mean when you're playing majora's mask uh, and you're doing the uh, the couple's mass side quest. You first talk to uh, Kaifei or whatever dude's name is. Um, he's like, keep it a secret from everyone what I've told you. And, you know, it's a little bit of a throwback. And other games have it, too. I believe uh, it's the Thief minigame in or not. No, it's a th one of the thieves you find. He has like three treasure chests or something. Maybe I can't remember exactly how it is, but it references it in a link to the past as well. That's in. Uh, the Lost Woods. Thank you for reminding me that the Lost Woods exists in uh, Link to the Past. I want to go to bed now. I hate that place. Okay, to be fair, I don't actually hate the place. It I hate Skull Woods. It's a recurring quote in the series. Yeah. It's, been, it's appeared in other games also. Which is cool. I like that. <coughs> I'm just dying over here. It's fine. <coughs> Ow. Um, so, out of curiosity, we'll start with you, Joshua. What is your history with Zelda 1? Uh, my history with Zelda 1 uh, is kind of odd, actually. Um, I grew up with a Super Nintendo and played, uh, so Only to the Past was my first Zelda game. Uh, and then I got I got a Game Boy and an N64 and the games that go with that. And then I got an NES <laughs> when I was 11 or 12 uh, and ended up with Zelda and Zelda 2. Uh, but when I was growing up, and actually I still have it somewhere um, in, in a bin, uh, I had a player's guide, an unofficial player's guide for A Link to the Past that was all was mostly text with a few black and white images. Uh, and it had a walkthrough for the original Zelda in the very back of it. 
Um, so I used to read the pages, and so I kind of knew how a lot of the dungeons were laid out before I had ever played the game myself. <laughs> That's kind of um, cool. Just because I had fun reading the book. Um, and uh, in particular, the first dungeon. Like, I really, really knew the first dungeon, and I knew to go get the blue candle at the beginning to burn the bush to get the heart container, uh, and not to take the water of life instead of the heart container. <laughs> <laughs> So like that that was where my history with it started. Um and then when I finally did get a copy of the game after I had finished Ocarina of Time, then I went backwards <laughs> and uh finally got to play the original Legend of Zelda. Uh I don't remember exactly when I finished it, uh, but I don't remember it taking me a like super long time or anything. Uh you know, Zelda two I didn't finish until about six years ago. So uh, but I'm pretty sure I beat Zelda when I was a kid or a young teenager, but yeah. What about you, Snake? Probably, probably my fourth Zelda game. Fourth? Interesting. Maybe fifth, depending on when Majora's Mask came out versus when I started playing Zelda. <laughs> so my timetable for Legend of Zelda is a little bit more strange in that regard. Uh, I grew up with the Super Nintendo as well, but I didn't get to play on an NES until I was 19. Wow. Because that's when I ended up actually getting one and playing through the game. Aren't you only like 20? <laughs> Ooh. 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 I'm a baby face. But uh, yeah, it wasn't until I was about 19 maybe early 20s that I actually ended up playing through Legend of Zelda. Uh, at that point, I mean, finding information on the game was rampant, knowing all the secrets, and seeing several people play through the game. Like, it, it was... I didn't get to experience the satisfaction of discovering all this various stuff, but it was really interesting just how much they actually hid throughout the game. And it baffles me how some people actually found it around the times that the game was going on and got really popular. There's stuff I still don't really know or remember. Like, I know a few key secrets to get some money quick at the beginning, and I know how to go find the heart container so I can get the white sword before I go to the first dungeon, but... There's tons and tons of bushes to burn and walls to bomb and so on that I have no clue are there. And they have, like, no indication whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, you got me thinking about, like, the order of Zelda games for me. Um, I know Ocarina of Time was my first, but I, it was not the first one that I beat. I have a very weird story about Ocarina of Time, and I'm going to save that for when we get to Ocarina of Time. Uh, but I didn't... I didn't beat Zelda, any Zelda games, until I was at least 11 years old. Uh, which, you know, you'd think you would have beat one by now, but I didn't. Uh, I think outside of Ocarina of Time, though, my first experience with Zelda... My, my second experience with Zelda was actually the collector's edition disc for the GameCube. And that introduced me to Zelda 1, 
Zelda 2 uh, and Majora's Mask, and it got me excited for Wind Waker as well. Uh, and that was definitely my first experience with Zelda 1, and I enjoyed it, but I found it difficult. Zelda 2... Um, so Majora's Mask I really liked. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just counted it off. The Legend of Zelda would have been my eighth Zelda game, ninth, if you include Master Quest. I am realizing that I may be significantly older than than Jacob. I know I'm significantly older than Jacob. It caught me when you said you were 11 when you beat your first Zelda game. I was like, I was like seven when I got a Zelda game, but Ocarina of Time didn't come out until I was 10. <laughs> uh, I was born in 1993. Uh, oh, yeah. so I'm 27. Okay. You're a little bit older than Jake. Barely. There's a little bit. Uh, <coughs> mm. Yum. <clears throat> Tastes just as good the second time. <clears throat> You're welcome for that, uh, fellow listeners. So, with Zelda 1, um, you know, it, I don't want to say that it, it defined the formula of Zelda because... A lot of the Zelda games, to me, almost remind me of Kirby in that there's a lot of differences between the games. Uh, Kirby's a bit of an extreme example because I swear every Kirby game is just drastically different. Looking at you, Air Ride. Which is my favorite Kirby game. Yeah, yeah. Kirby's Air Ride is the best Kirby game. Let's be real. Um, it is. I 100% unironically agree with that. But, you know, Star Fox, on the other hand, OK, Star Fox cheats, though. Star Fox has companies make games for it and then just decides to steal them. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not it's kind of like the English language. You know, we don't want to deal with it ourselves. We'll have someone else come up with languages and then we'll just steal it poorly. So, yes, by poorly, I do mean Star Fox Adventures. Fight me. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I generally agree. I. Uh... I don't really like talking about the Zelda formula. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a silly thing. Like, I get what people mean by it. Mm -hmm. It's usually referencing what A Link to the Past started. Uh, but the reality is most Zelda games have some kind of gimmick that's relatively unique to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if you look at the first three Zelda games, they are quite different. Yeah. And very. if you look at the fourth and fifth, they're quite different also. Yeah. So uh, there are obvious little similarities and themes, but the games are pretty dramatically different. Uh, you know, and it's interesting to me how different, but also not different, Zelda One and A Link to the Past are. I feel like A Link to the Past, in a way, is them taking Zelda One and making it better. Um. In a way, not not completely, you know, um, I. Staying on Zelda one, so like. It's hard for me to, like, put it into words exactly, but. It's a fun game and having played it like a month, month and a half ago, I. I can still I can say that the game itself is fun. Um, it has its flaws. Sure. But it is a fun game. 
And even today, I think it's still worth playing. But I think A Link to the Past does almost everything that Zelda 1 does better. And this is coming from someone who is not a rabid fan of A Link to the Past, like a lot of people I know are. No, I'm not pointing fingers at you, Snake. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are like, oh, Link to the Past is the best Zelda game ever. It's not. Not to me. Um, I don't know that there's an objective, uh, you know, like there's a game that's just so good that, yeah, of course, that's the best Zelda game because they all have their flaws. But I feel like a lot of the games in a weird way benefit from their flaws because... There's so many Zelda games. You can see what each one did right and did wrong, and it makes each game feel unique, even when they're similar. And I, think, I personally think that's a good thing. But, um, yeah. Uh, when it comes to the original Legend of Zelda, its strongest thing is the sense of exploration. Because you get dropped into the world, you have a base goal, and it says, do it. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that at the time too, that was uh, like Jacob already said. It's maybe unique at the time, um, and even not that common now. I mean, granted, Breath of the Wild, but uh, well, it's not super common now. And I feel like if you'd had the game and you just put time into it with so little instruction, uh, although the game did come with some instruction, actually, it was just printed instructions that a lot of us don't get anymore. Uh, <laughs> that. You were expected to just go in and realize you were in level three and that you didn't have the right stuff yet or go in and do a little bit and maybe leave and oh you got some bombs and so you just run around and you know see what you can find uh, and you just did a little bit at a time and kind of chipped away at it uh, where now that's not really how we expect to play games mm -hmm. uh, and i don't know if we expected to play games that way back then i was i mean i was barely born at the time uh, actually, I wasn't born when it came out, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was born when Zelda 2 came out. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but no, so I think that was just the, what they intended players to do, uh, was a lot of trial and error and, and just run around and see what you find, and eventually you would make progression. Uh, where A Link to the Past... Is a, is a little more straightforward. Like I'm sure, you know, Jake has ripped that game apart and can do every dungeon in whatever order he wants. Uh, I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a little bit of choice there, uh, even just built into the game without trying very hard. Uh, but otherwise, you're kind of expected to go from objective to objective, mm -hmm. where The Legend of Zelda really only has one objective, and you kind of just have to figure out how to do it a little bit at a time. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that was a bit of a product of the time. Games designed to take a really long, really long time to beat. Some chose to make that uh, the case by making it really, 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 really hard. Other games did it by giving you a reason to explore a, by today's standards, tiny world. But because nothing was ever pointed out for you. Every single screen in that game could have had a secret. You didn't know. Maybe it does. Most maybe it doesn't. Do. Yeah. And most of them oh. do. And so you don't have to play around for very long before you find something. So that satisfaction of yes, I did it. You get that pretty frequently, which is great. Um, 
and not to say Zelda one is an easy game, uh, especially if you don't like know where secrets are, it can be quite a punishing game. But or I feel like Lionel's. Oh, Lionel's. Like See, when you're trying to find that white sword and then you decide you don't need it that bad because there's a blue Lionel in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just sit at the bottom of the screen and go, please move out of the way so I can slip by you. Hey, yeah. don't call me out like that. No, that's everyone. <laughs> yeah, or you leave the screen and then come back to see if it'll spawn in a different spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I died the first time. <clears throat> I probably died there a hundred times. But it's worth it though, right? No. And even uh, though it's yeah. such a minor thing, like just a random enemy that you're hoping you can run past, the payoff and the satisfaction, so worth it. Because the odds of you popping up on that screen, that Lionel not being a dick and getting in your way, pretty low. It's a very good chance you're going to get stuck. And you're going to get your ass beat. And it makes that victory of getting that sword and kicking that Lionel's ass on your way out just, oh, just, just perfect. Ah. But, I, think uh, I usually try to avoid it on the way out. Too. <laughs> <laughs> there are two kinds of people. <laughs> those who run and those who die horribly. I am of that variety. And then I didn't go back to that screen for the rest of the game. <clears throat> There's not really a reason to go back to that screen. True. It's a dead end. Sweet, sweet vengeance, though. Because by the time you get the last sword, they're nothing. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, with Zelda 1, there's a lot of dungeons. There's, what, nine dungeons, I believe? And, and with the last one being the exception, um, they're all pretty similar. They all have a, and I hate to even refer to it like this, formula. <laughs> they all have this formula of, uh, you gotta run around, get some keys to open some doors, maybe push a block in one room, maybe kill all the enemies in one room. Uh, that's about it. Um, and eventually you're going to find a room uh, that the design of is very famous at this point. Go down a ladder, go to the right a little bit, go up a ladder, there's an item, boom. Uh, and that item uh, is usually helpful in some way. It might be a weapon, like the bow, or like the boomerang, or something like that. can't remember if you get a boomerang there or not, but... Um, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I can remember off the top of my head is like the raft, the bow... Um, one of the rings, maybe, maybe. I personally like the ladder. Yeah, the red ring. Uh, you get the magic rod or magic wand, whatever it's called there, and probably the book. But no, you get the boomerang from fighting uh the gorilla in level one eagle, mm. and you get the magical boomerang, I believe, fighting blue gorilla in level two moon. <laughs> Why the color moon? Why not just call it boomerang? <laughs> 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 but, um uh, oh, no i um uh, i was gonna say like the dungeons are you know it was obviously a first attempt at it um mm -hmm. there's some uh wonkiness with them mm. uh since the keys aren't locked to dungeons uh yeah <laughs> you can actually run out of keys and then you have to go just buy keys at the store um <laughs> uh, if you if you start jumping between dungeons, which is how a lot of early players probably did it, sure. uh, you can also use it to your advantage and 
only open the doors you know you have to open and take those keys to the next dungeon and yep. not have to do the stuff. Yep. So, and um, that's how I managed to get through Death Mountain without the skeleton key. Or you could just get the skeleton key. Well, yeah, but I didn't want to go back in, okay? I was I wanted to be done. I was at that point. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. And I did it. It was fine. I only died like six times. I got like stuck in one room because I went a little too far north. And yeah. Death Mountain sucks. <laughs> uh, but. Dungeon one of, is definitely rough. Yeah. But you know, that's Not the thing the that I find interesting. Hmm. Not the worst iteration of Death Mountain. <laughs> I respectfully right. disagree. Oh. I don't think that Death Mountain in Zelda 2 is that bad. You go right. <laughs> That's about it. You go right, then you go down. <laughs> You're done. That's about it. There's no Patra. Uh, I mean, I died a lot in there, but that's because of enemies, and I didn't get that lost, so it wasn't too bad. The problem with, de with, with Death Mountain and Zelda 2 is really just a problem with Zelda 2 in general that I'm sure we'll talk to when we get to the Zelda 2 part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll talk about why it's a good game and why it's a bad game at the same time. Um, you know, One of the fun little quick facts uh, that I came across a while back, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. The uh, that that book of magic or whatever it is in Zelda one Japanese version. It's called the Bible. Yep. It's really interesting to me. Uh, there's a bunch of religious symbolism and so on, uh, both in the game and also in some of the official artwork um, uh, in the Japanese like players guides and such. Mm -hmm. uh, there's actually a piece of official art of Link kneeling in front of a crucifix. Uh, wow. And so, yeah. Nintendo of America definitely scrubbed a lot of uh, religious symbolism out of the game. I'm a little surprised they allowed the cross to be on his shield and so on mm. in the final game. That seems like an easy graphical change uh, <laughs> yeah. compared to some of the other things they used to change in video games, like turning octopuses into pencils and erasers in Earthbound. Uh, you know, <laughs> coloring in a cross is, you know, just to make it solid brown or whatever. <laughs> seems pretty simple. <laughs> um, a fair point. <sighs> Some of that old censorship. And that's even another uh, thing we could talk about forever is all the mistranslations. <sighs> There's a lot of them. I got a whole book of the changes between the Japanese and English versions of Zelda, actually. Um, wow. It's one of Fangamer's books, Legends of Localization. Uh, oh, that's pretty neat. And it's, not, it's not all translation related. Some of it's just you know, the NES and the Famicom have different sound chips, hmm. but, uh, yeah. There is one thing that was set in stone with the first game that translated to all the others, though. Oh? The base idea of what is Zelda's music. Her music? Like the whole sense of exploration oh. with that music, just... You hear it, you say, that's Zelda. It can be redone how when the, how like over and over and over again with different games, but it still sounds similar and it's like Yeah, no, that's the series. I'm sorry, my face is like scrunched up because I was really sour. Whew. <clears throat> 
but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and I could talk for days about the music just because of of exactly what you said, how it's so recognizable, you know, even 30 years later, uh, 35 years later, however many years it's been, um, it's still recognizable and the music in the original was still good enough to still want to do renditions of. You know, a lot of games in their first game, they'll have something and they're like, eh, whatever, we're just going to move on and make something new. But when you have something that works so well that you keep it and you keep it and you keep it and you keep it and a bazillion games later and you're still keeping it. And then you just impressive. make the same song, but you play it backward. I... <sighs> no comment. <laughs> oh, Majora's Mask. I... The song of reverse time or inverse time just still That's not even the one I was referencing. Uh, there's actually several. There's a bunch of instances of uh, common Zelda songs that have been played in reverse. Other examples? Zelda's lullaby is backwards. It's about Ballad of the Goddess and Skyward Sword. Uh, um, I believe the Hyrule Castle theme song backwards is the Laurel Castle theme later in A Link Between Worlds. Um, like they reuse wow. a lot of the same uh, themes, they just kind of fiddle with them. Even something as simple as like uh, the Kakariko Village theme song is sometimes slowed down or sped up to the point that it doesn't sound like it anymore. But when you put the tempo correctly, uh, you recognize it again. Uh, Interesting. Wow, I didn't. You know, it's interesting though. Those don't even seem like instances where they needed to save memory to me that yeah. seems more like a uh a thematical thing yeah no and it is that's really cool to me wow i know right ben what a rap sheet <laughs> okay that stuff is ah ha ha rap uh get out of here with your shitty puns <clears throat> so zelda one uh, not not looking at Ben's unintentional pun anymore because it makes my eyes hurt. Um, there's a lot of things that Zelda one did that are very minor that would reappear later. Um, I think one of the interesting examples of that is actually Breath of the Wild. Uh, when you go to get the Master Sword, if you don't have X amount of heart containers, you can't claim it. Yep, that's Zelda one. Straight up Zelda one, like copy paste Zelda one. And that's amazing to me. The same number of hearts. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing uh, to me. I would have to confirm that it might actually be one off, um, but uh, yeah, it is. It is a little different in that Breath of the Wild will actually kill you if you try <laughs> to take the sword and you don't have enough hearts. Uh, Zelda wasn't that mean. It's just <laughs> an old man who says, uh, "If you." Uh, wow, I can't even think of the quote right now, but you got enough hearts, you can take it, and if you don't, you just walk all over the sword and nothing happens. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, definitely that's taken from it. Um, and, uh, no, there's lots of things. Like, they, they didn't make any secret that Breath of the Wild was taking a look back at the early Zelda games, notably the original, uh, to see what it could pull, and there's actually, a, a, they made a prototype that was 8-bit, uh, one of the prototypes for the Breath of the Wild engine used 8-bit graphics um, just as a proof of concept. That's uh, pretty cool. And so there, there are, and they showed it at, the, I think, the Game Developers Conference. Um, even things like chopping down trees and shoving the log into the river 
they had they had that working in eight bit uh just to try it out and um but uh let's see uh, but yeah so the hearts were there uh but also just the the general openness because over the over the years the series did become more linear in most cases yeah uh, and they you know they Breath of the Wild wasn't the first game that tried something to do that. Yeah, A Link Between Worlds also tried to make it less linear again. But Breath of the Wild very much is the first one that made it as open as the original, or about as open as they could. Um, yeah. You know, if you kind of ignore the first hour of the game. <laughs> yeah. Where you're kind of forced to do an objective. But, uh, uh, but no, it is it is interesting how much... How much has the design really stood the test of time? Yeah, yeah. Enough to make a hit game nowadays. Yeah. Uh, they just had to put some pretty graphics on it. Sometimes that's all you gotta do. When a game is that good, polish it and just... There you go, boom. Now, for that matter, another thing, uh, just similarity between them, is the uh, the colors of enemies. That red enemies are the weak ones and blue enemies are the strong ones. Uh, and Breath of the Wild did add more colors, but um, but that was an obvious throwback to uh, what the Legend of Zelda had already established. Um, Which is that the Zoras are shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit on the fish, people, let's go. Ah. Uh. I regret nothing. I do like, however, how unique they actually ended up making most of the enemies in the original Zelda game. Uh, I mean, for the most part, they would get up in your face to hit you or hit you with the projectile, but they all had various different forms of movement that mm -hmm. made them distinct. Uh, Pretty much all of them are still around now. Yeah, uh, There are very few... Uh, the enemies from the Legend of Zelda that have not reappeared uh, in another Zelda game. In fact, I would say that they have all reappeared at some point. Not all of them have jumped 3D yet, but <laughs> most, of, most of them have. Um, I would say the one enemy in uh, the original Zelda game that just didn't have too much representation later on in the series, it had a few more spots, but then it just sort of fell out before Breath of the Wild was the line. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Lionels were kind of forgotten. So that, uh, and I thought that was a pretty cool throwback too. Like they're in a link to the past technically, but no one even thinks about them really. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a cool throwback because it was also like like we said earlier, when you go to get the white sword, that blue Lionel's in front of it, mm -hmm. and you're terrified of it, and you <laughs> you just want to you want to leave or try to sneak by as best you can, and yeah lionel showed up a little bit in future games but you didn't think about them that way uh you know the lionel's in a link in a link to the past they also are in the oracle games or at least one of them uh they're not terrifying in that way uh and when they brought them back into breath of the wild they made them terrifying again uh, some of the hardest enemies in the game some of the most fun to fight too sure yeah uh, like in total for the series lionel's were in zelda Link to the Past, Oracle Games, Between Worlds, and Breath of the Wild. Yep. Wow. Uh, 
But yeah, um, you know, I find it interesting that. Again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but the way that the game Zelda one got more difficult is that enemies changed color palettes. That was the only way you knew that they were getting stronger because it wasn't new enemies. It was just the same enemy, but better. And I find that that's very interesting because, again, that's yet another thing that you kind of experience in in Breath of the Wild, like you were saying. When you see a Lionel, you're like, oh, which one is that? And then you see what color it is. And you're like, oh, OK, now I know exactly on a scale of one to ten how fucked I am. And that's, that's good. It's good to know. It's it's just good information to have of how fucked you're about to be uh, until you get good at fighting them. And then it's just an absolute joy. Slow motion backflips and crazy shenanigans. It's, it's fantastic. But the first time you see one, you're probably just going to die like a little bitch. I would like to point out it would be scary if there was a gold Lionel. In the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Has more health than Ganon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, and since we're on the topic of enemies, we may as well talk about the bosses. Yeah. Uh, bosses are actually the some of, some of them are um, I don't know if any of them are unique to Zelda, uh, but some of those are the ones that really have never become prominent again. Things mm-hmm. like Aquamentus. Uh, who, it's odd, was the very first boss to ever be in a Zelda game and has almost never been reused. I think is only in one other Zelda game, Oracle Seasons. Um, and so they just never used it again. And there's stuff like Dig Dogger, which is also only in Oracle Seasons uh, again. And Manhanla appears very rarely. So it's like, they, we got some iconic ones like Goma, or even just Ganon. Dodongo. Hmm. Um, and Dodongo and and Gleok, I would say, is iconic, even though it's not used tons. Um, but it's odd that they put those bosses in, and then so many of them just went away. Um, and in the chat, they're talking about Dark Nuts, and yeah, that's an iconic enemy. Not a boss, but yeah. Uh, I guess they feel harder than most of the bosses. <laughs> they're so annoying to fight. And sometimes you go into a room and you can't just skip to the next room. You have to kill them all to open the way. And oh, it's so fucking frustrating. Bombs. Yeah, until you run out of bombs, because the way that the bomb drops work in that game require you to not take damage. Yeah, I actually like the manhandler. Uh, this is it, Ben. The manhandler and four swords are, are pretty cool, actually. Uh, I completely forgot until Hyrule Warriors. I, uh... I don't remember what boss that is, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, it's a big plant boss. It's got, like, a center, uh... It's got just a center, and it has four plant heads, like piranha plant heads. Um... Oh. Yeah. I still don't remember what they're talking about, but I'm just gonna agree and move on. If you're good, you just plant one bomb and kill it in one hit. That might be why I don't remember. Oh, was it like the little thing that just kind of like floated around the screen? And yeah, like the the snappy head? Yes, yeah, I accidentally one shot it, so that's why I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oops. Yeah, that one's never been in a 3D Zelda game other than Hyrule Warriors. Hmm. So. I don't remember it in Hyrule Warriors, but I only played it once, so. That is surprising. <laughs> Because it is probably the most annoying boss in that entire game. And you find it a lot. Yeah. Look, I've never claimed to have good memory, okay? It's not my fault. 
but yeah, I mean, you're right. It does have some interesting bosses. And after you've gone through a dungeon and you get there, sometimes the bosses feel pretty unique. Sometimes they don't. But Sometimes you realize that you're fighting the same boss in this dungeon that you fought in the first dungeon, and I... that it's not any harder than it was the first time. <laughs> yep. Which is kind of dumb, but you know. Oh, is that what you think, Ben? Really? You think it's all this wine? Yeah, this wine. I mean, it, it's it's pretty high in its alcohol content. It's peach mango body armor. Ben. God. Unbelievable. You put it in a martini glass and suddenly everybody's like, <laughs> Anyway. Um. I don't think there's anything else I really wanted to point out about Zelda 1 before we move on to Zelda 2. You guys got anything else? Not really. All right, so here's what's going to happen. All right. I got pee. Like, really, really bad. It's probably all this stuff I've been drinking, so I'm going to go pee real quick. And I'm going to let you guys entertain everybody for about, mm, I don't know, 45 seconds. Have fun! So at this point in the podcast, we're just going to go ahead and <laughs> badmouth Jacob for a second. And the fact that he can't hold his bladder. Are we? Oh. Entertain know. us. Hmm. Is bad mouthing Jacob good entertainment? Uh you know what? I got something entertaining. Let me just knock over Zelda too. There you go. Look here. Look. I'm gonna have to get out of camera for a second. See, you're over here abusing Zelda 2, and uh, I'm here with a fancy special case I bought for it um, to treat it very nicely to just keep it safe all the time. I also have one for Zelda 1, but I didn't pick it up off the shelf just now. Uh, yeah, Snake is the one up, up here. Um, my name is Joshua. Or Josh, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> Josh Dunham also played me if you kill him. Well, I heard that. He's not that far away. Um, oh, not me. Okay. I guess I guess we didn't actually establish that Jake and I are related on this particular segment. Um, so I feel like there would be a lot of people upset if I killed him. Yeah, all three of them. It would be a lot of family <laughs> drama that I really don't want to deal with. <laughs> Did I miss anything fun? Uh, uh, I knocked over Zelda yeah, 2. Snake was abusing Zelda 2, so I had to go grab my copy of Zelda 2 that is very nicely kept oh, in this fancy case. That's dope. Uh, yeah. It, so it's like I, keep, I keep all of my NES games in these cases. I have manuals for some of them. I don't have a Zelda 2 manual yet. Um, Fucking cool. But I dig yeah. that. I actually dig that a lot. Yeah, I I, uh, I have my whole NES collection that way. I'm working on getting Super NES and N64 packaged up that way, but they're not super cheap to buy. <laughs> the cases, uh, they're like $5 each, so I buy them a few at a time, basically. When there's not a bunch of other new, new video games to buy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I bought a lot more of them rate, during the uh, Wii U era. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Wii U. Uh, Wii U is one of my least favorite home console systems. 
Oh, I actually really like my Wii U, but mostly because it has a ton of Zelda games on it. That's fair, to be honest. And other classic stuff that I like, like the Virtual Console stuff. I actually have it hooked up right in front of me all the time, just so I have access to that stuff. That's fair, to be honest. I have mine still uh, for, like, one reason, and that's so I can play one particular Wii game that I'm going to have to play here in about, what, two and a half weeks? Skyward Sword? No, God, no, ew. <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy one and two. Yep, yep. Because Mario weeks ago. I don't know if you've heard. You can play Mario Galaxy on another platform now. Yeah, and I bought it, and I'm still gonna play the Wii version. <laughs> uh... Breath of the Wild. This is it, molasses. Breath of the Wild on the Wii U is is perfectly fine. By the way, if you have a, it's probably way more expensive and harder to find a Wii U and buy Breath of the Wild than a Switch and buy Breath of the Wild. But, uh, but if that's the way you have to play Wii to play Breath of the Wild, works just great. Uh, except for maybe the motion control shrines. Oh. <laughs> but those don't work great in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, should we rate? The Legend of Zelda, then move on to Zelda 2. Before we do that, I have two things. Number one, Greed, thanks for the 39 months at Tier 3. I appreciate that. And uh, you can just let me or molasses know what you want to put that to. appreciate that. Uh, and the second thing was, I got to tell you about that piss I just had. It's really important that I share this with you guys. And, and Joshua at this point is like, what the fuck, dude? But don't worry, it's going to make sense. Bit, so I really I had to pee. Like, I was full of liquid, right? So it's like a <gasps> piss, you know, like it's like full speed, right? I had some corn earlier, right? So I'm gassy at this point. So I'm like full on piss, right? And then this fart just sneaks right up on me. And it's like like one of those big barges just like, you know, just like that. So much that it like blew my pants back a little bit. So my pants kind of fell down a little bit. I just really wanted to share that with you guys. I'm very impressed with myself. So yeah, we can raise Zelda one now if you want. Snake is proud of you. Like <laughs> <Ooh>. something. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy I would about it. Highly recommended for Zelda One. I wouldn't say it's essential. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I guess we should let uh, Joshua know what the rating system is. So rather than give games a X out of ten, um, we look at it not just as a game on its own, but also the game how it fits into the series, and we give it one of four ratings. We give it essential, which means that if you are going to play this series. This game is essential. Our second one is recommended, which means you don't have to, but you should. We have optional, which is uh, you can. You don't have to, and not everyone says it's good, but I mean, you, you can. And then we have <laughs> no, which means no. <laughs> so Snake, you were saying? I, I would definitely say it's recommended. Like, it's not... I wouldn't say it's essential to be able to enjoy the series, mm. but it's still a really good game. It holds up. I, uh, I'm i going to agree 100%. I think that it's not quite there for to, to be essential for me, uh, but it is a really good game. And we wouldn't have a lot of what we do now without it. And it's still definitely worth playing today. So I would also give it recommended. And uh, I'll agree that with that. Um, 
Yeah, like I, I would, uh, I'll just add on since everyone's already said everything that I would say otherwise. Um, I think it's um, pretty interesting to go back and play it after you've played Breath of the Wild. Really? Uh, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to put up with, with the 8-bit, you know, game design. But because so much of it was pulled each way, um, I think it's cool to see what they did put in Breath of the Wild, where you can see where it came from. Yeah, uh, yeah. And how, how it, uh, how the design still holds up, and was still relevant thirty years later, thirty-five years. Pretty good. Uh, I noticed while you were talking, Elias got banned. So <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Elias is just like, wow, I can't believe he actually banned me. Uh, but Elias uh, gave uh, optional. Which is apparently why uh, Ben banned the shit out of him. I'm not sure. Let me tell you a secret. Elias doesn't really like Zelda. <laughs> doesn't like Zelda. Just full stop, like at all, any Zelda game. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen him play one. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, we have that huge Zelda marathon every year, and he plays Metroid games on it. <laughs> Uh, but I did too, so does that make me an asshole? <laughs> but you also played a Zelda game. That's true. You know what? I'll also See, add in Elias's defense that uh, we, we were playing Metroid, and for your giant bazillion hour marathon, uh, 10% <laughs> of all of yeah. the money raised came from a Metroid game, so. Just because we wanted to screw with Elias. Best part. I can't believe yeah, I won. Supposedly, Elias played a Zelda game this year, but he did it conveniently while I was asleep. Oh, so, I, I don't know purpose. if I believe that it happened. And this... his segment his segment on ZU's Twitter, or not Twitter, Twitch, uh, is called Let's Not Play Zelda. Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems, uh, seems pretty sus to me. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> Guy's gonna date this video. You ready? <laughs> <It's not convenient. laughs> uh, good. Uh, but yeah, we did dress. We did dress him up as Midna. That that's correct. That's hot. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Elias has been banned twice now. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive at this point. Sorry, Elias. Uh, maybe you have better opinions next time and you won't get banned. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elias. Oh, no. I, Molasses, Ben, I want to tell you something right now. Okay, just so that we're clear. If Elias even puts so much as a penny to Mario Week, you're both fired. Just saying. Oh, boy. Here comes one bit. You ready? <laughs> so, uh... Speaking about uh, <laughs> terrible opinions, on to Zelda 2, yeah? <laughs> Why? It's you cheeky shit. <laughs> Thanks for the penny. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Agreed. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Zelda, that's what we're here to talk about. Zelda 2. Now, I'm sure you have a bazillion things you want to say, Joshua, but I'm going to start, and there's a reason I'm going to start. Are you going to tell the story poorly? Uh, I, I hadn't planned on it, but I can. Continue. Okay, okay. So I guess we're not. 
uh, telling the story uh, badly because apparently somebody didn't uh, like my story of Zelda one. Wow. Thanks. <clears throat> so Zelda two, right? A lot of people don't like Zelda two because Zelda two is hard and hard games are bad, as we all know. Um, Zelda two, the adventures of Lincoln uh, is a fine game. Um, up until a certain point. But I think that the combat in the game is actually really cool and really fun. Uh, I think that a lot of the leveling up stuff uh, is really good. Um, I think that the way that you learn magic is interesting. I think that the exploration, while kind of annoying because of all the enemies that constantly spawn over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, I can get a little annoying, but um, I think exploring is kind of fun because you got little secret tiles on the map. The music's pretty great, so long as you don't end up with it in your fucking uh, Ocarina of Time randomizer and then it won't stop and you end up with that in an entire dungeon. It just makes you want to fucking rip your ears off. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> um, but overall, I think that Zelda 2 did a lot of things right and a lot. I think a lot of people forget that just because the game's hard and because it's not... It's not Zelda 1... Two, if that makes sense it's so drastically different that people that were fans of the old one they might have been like Wah. I've actually heard mixed stories about that really? from the time period um, lay it on me while I look up the plot because it, it, it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't that uncommon back then for games to be more different even like I know Mario 2 our Mario 2 is not really Mario 2 but Mario 1 and 2 in the US especially were different uh, even Castlevania 1 and 2 were different, and uh, that it was a little more common for a sequel to sometimes just reinvent itself, um, or to just add a lot of new things. And so, like, I like I have one friend I know right off the top of my head who's uh, also at ZU, who, uh, you know, they, they didn't think anything of it. It was just, this is the new Zelda game, and maybe even liked the new one better than the other one. Uh, because there was no formula, you know, there was no expectation that sequels had to be like their the prequel, and no expectation of what a Zelda game had to be. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I did very much grow up thinking it's the Black Sheep, and didn't really like it that much, uh, but always told myself I'd finish it someday so that I could say I had finished every Zelda game. Uh, Fair uh, enough. It's just when I did finish it. I immediately started it again to finish it again. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my love for the game is definitely very recent. That's so interesting. Looking up the story. I, I am, and I have it. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to compose myself. All right. few years after the defeat of Ganagnon and the rescue of Princess Zaldo, Lunk, now at the age of 16, is disturbed by the appearance of a mark on the back of his hand. His hand. Upon seeing this mark, Impa, the nurse of Princess Zelda, tells him the story of how ages ago, the King of Hyrule had hidden a third part of the Triforce, the Triforce of Courage, in the Great Palace to safeguard it from evil. Upon the death of the king, his son had searched for the missing Triforce, but its location had been imparted only to the king's daughter, Princess Zelda, 
Angered upon learning this, the prince tried to use the power of a magician to force the truth from his sister. After she refused, the wizard cast a spell upon her to put her into a deep sleep, which caused the wizard to die soon after. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> Only by uniting the Triforce of Courage with its counterparts. Link would be able to awake the sleeping princess Zelda. Upon hearing this tale, um, Link receives from Impa six crystals that serve as keys to open the seal on the Great Palace. As Link learns all of this, the minions of Ganaganon begin to attack once again. Believing that they could revive their master by pouring the blood of Link over his ashes. Jesus Christ! They begin to spread across the land, seeking for him. Eventually, Link is able to gain the Triforce of Courage. Uniting the three, the three Triforces, Link returns to the Northern Palace to wake the slumbering Zelda and get that booty. So that's the story of Zelda 2, apparently. Uh, it was significantly darker than I expected. Yeah, so uh, interesting thing that um, is not necessarily unique to Zelda, you know, especially in later games, but maybe this is the first time it had been done this way. Um, maybe, and maybe that's not even true. I think the original Zelda is that way too. Is that the monsters and the bosses in the dungeons are actually not there serving Ganon necessarily. Uh, a lot of them are there guarding the Triforce. Uh, like, they're specifically put there for that purpose. Uh, so, uh, Notably, uh, the in the final dungeon, uh, the Foka, uh, which are uh, basically Falcos, uh, or the kind of Rito-esque bird warriors, uh, they are there protecting the Triforce of Courage. Uh, that's what their purpose is. So the enemies on the overworld are working for Ganon and are setting are out there to kill Link and get his ashes so they can uh, revive Ganon. Uh, but a lot of the other enemies are are actually guardians, um, because in this case the Triforce of Courage is hidden in the Great Palace, and the palace is sealed by the six crystals in various other palaces. Um, or they're not. You need the crystals to basically undo the very extravagant lock <laughs> that spans the entire world. Um, in order to gain access to the palace. So I just think that's interesting. Like there later you have those same kind of concepts of like trials that the hero has to go through. Mm. Even the shrines in a lot of cases, like the the little guardians in them are are not really evil. They're put there to test the hero and make sure he's up to snuff. Um and that's the same idea here. That the Triforce of Courage is there, but only someone who's good enough to get through all this stuff. <laughs> can have it now correct me if i'm wrong but it's the triforce of courage or is it the triforce of courage that you assemble in zelda one no that's the triforce of wisdom hmm. uh, that is actually kind of one of those weird things that originally there were only two triforces try uh forces yes there's two well and but it was that there's two triangle triforces uh and they were not a set the way that they are now like now we think about the triforce and there's three triangles that always go together and power goes to the villain and wisdom goes to the princess and courage goes to the hero that was established in ocarina of time like hmm. uh and zelda 2 is the first time that the full true three-piece triforce is ever seen and it's only seen briefly at the very end of the game um uh, because you needed the whole thing to wake up zelda 
Uh, so they already had power and wisdom because of the first game. Uh, it was needing that third one that had been locked away uh, for ages uh, that they needed. So this this game actually established that the Triforce of Courage even existed. So you're telling me that some old-ass wizard was able to cast a spell that two out of three pieces of the Triforce couldn't break? Apparently so. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, wow. I <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's also why if you go back and watch... Uh, the old Zelda cartoon show. There's only two Triforces, um, and they're, you know, they're actually kind of sentient in the cartoon. They, they actually speak wisdom and so on uh, to whoever has them, but they're just objects that you carry around. And Ganon has one, and Zelda has one. Uh, <laughs> and Ganon's constantly trying to break into the castle to steal the other one. That's <laughs> that's what the cartoon's about. Sounds like a sitcom <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'd watch that. I would watch. A Zelda sitcom. I'm gonna be okay with that. <laughs> Surprisingly okay with that. So okay, I can't get over this Triforce thing. Like in Zelda 2, they're like, you gotta get Triforce courage, you gotta go through these palaces and prove that you're not a little shithead and alright, cool, whatever. But then get around to Wind Waker and it's like <laughs> we lost it and it broke into eight pieces here. <laughs> Fully consistent, okay? I'm just saying. <clears throat> in this uh, and you know, and that's where the first one, it's actually that Zelda hid it. Uh, that Ganon had stolen the Triforce of Power. And in order to prevent Ganon from stealing the Triforce of Wisdom, she broke it apart and hid the pieces. Uh, so a lot of the enemies and bosses and such in Zelda 1 are actually not working for Ganon either. Uh, that they're there to prevent Ganon from getting the Triforce. <laughs> um, but you need the Triforce in order to defeat Ganon. So now you've got to go back into all the dungeons and get all the pieces. Uh, so um, Two games in a row that shouldn't have a plot. Got uh, it. But yeah, so in Zelda 2, uh, the Triforce is not broken into pieces. It's that you need the key to open the door to get to it. Uh, basically. Wow. And you must prove... That you are the hero and that you made the journey successfully by fighting your dark self. Specifically, your shadow. Uh, interesting thing that a lot of people don't designate. This is Zelda Encyclopedia info for you. Uh, shadow Link, Dark Link, and Link's Shadow are three different things. Oh my god. Link's Shadow is the final boss of Zelda 2 and has never been used ever again. Oh boy. Dark Link is that mini-boss that you fight in the Water Temple in Ocarina of Time. Shadow Link is an antagonist in Four Swords Adventures. That's right, Reaper. It's a Triforce of Links. You're right. I, uh, I have to be honest with you. When you were talking about Shadow Link, I don't really know why. Maybe it's like the impending doom and fear that is approaching, but all I can think of was the cosmic... Uh, like races that you have to do against the Shadow Mario in Super Mario Galaxy, uh, and how they like copy your moves and chase you and flashbacks. <clears throat> yep. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah. So, in a hundred words or less, tell me why it is you think people hate Zelda Two. It's hard. Zelda so One was hard. Like or like Zelda 3, or like Ocarina of Time. <laughs> um, it's just not what people expected. 
by the time most by the time most of us played it. That's not what people expected because you know the NES was a big hit for sure, um, but really it's been 35 years at this point, and most of us have played it not when the NES was the uh, uh, the main console. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more years have passed since then, since when the game was relevant, and now it just uh, it feels brutal. Um, and I'm sure we'll go through things that we think would improve it uh, and things that it did right and wrong in a moment. But yeah, there's just a few things it did that feel so bad now. And it's like, if they just fixed those few little things, then the game suddenly becomes much more playable. Uh, but they're, they feel so bad <laughs> that most of us just won't do it anymore. And we'll jump right there. Um I think the first one that's worth mentioning uh, that I personally think was a an oversight, a fuck up, whatever you want to call it, is when you um, when you game over. All the way back Probably to the very be beginning cool. of the game. Hmm? Yep. And that's actually why Death Mountain is so hard. Hmm. It's because when you die in Death Mountain, it's not the and, and even also uh, some treble mentioned the final dungeon being awful. Uh, the final dungeon, I don't think, is all that difficult. It's getting there. It's getting to the final dungeon without dying. And uh, uh, I even messed up on stream at, at Z-Youthon and hit save instead of continue when I died and got to the Great Palace and it sent me all the way back again. Uh, the Great Palace is the one part of the game where if you hit continue, you can stay there. Uh, and so I had to do it again. Um, uh, although actually, I think we fudged it. And we're like, you know what? We're just going to open a file that I already had beaten. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not or used to save state or something. But but anyway, we uh, but yeah. So it's just yeah. It just feels really bad when you get through Death Mountain and you get to that spot that Elias got stuck at right before the hammer, <laughs> and you die to that one enemy, and you get a game over. And it's like you have to start over. And. Uh, so the game is just very unforgiving. Um, and it's not even that you just get sent back to the beginning. Uh, and I don't know if everyone realizes this, but you lose all of the progress you had toward your next level. So thank, if you're next Dark level, Souls. Yeah, yep. except you don't get it back. Yeah, you can't get it back. <laughs> you can't yeah. go back to where you were and get it all back. Yeah. It's just you needed 5,000 experience to get a level up. You had 4,900, and then you died. The 4,900 is just gone. Um and uh so yeah that's definitely the biggest problem um this reminds me when i was playing (laughs) when i was playing zelda 2 not that long ago um anytime i would like before i broke the game in half by integer locking my life counter um i uh uh i would like be low on health and out of lives and i I was like, I had like, I think 1900 experience and one of the levels I needed 2000 for and I was panicking. I wanted so badly to hit that so I could level up and not lose all that experience. And I I got enough and I felt like I was playing the weakest link and it just came to be my turn. I'm like, bank, 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 because <laughs> I did not want to lose all that progress. And then I broke the game in half. I injured your locking my uh, life counter. So I always had nine lives no matter what I was doing. Made the game a lot easier. It can, at the very least, it can be said that getting experience playing through the game is not a problem until you start getting those game overs, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. Like if they if it if you didn't lose all your experience when you died, um, um, then the difficulty might not be such a big problem. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and I mean Zelda One has this problem a little bit too, just because it's old. Um, and maybe this stuff was in the manual. There's just concepts in the game that are not presented very well. Um, you know, a big one that I didn't even realize for a long time is that you always get to level up when you finish a dungeon. Mm. So you can be really stupid and have that 4,900 experience <laughs> and finish a dungeon, and then you only get 100 experience. Uh, or yeah. if you go fight one more enemy, you could get a level and then get a whole other level for free. Yep. Uh, and so there's things like that that you just don't realize, and it's like, well, now you've wasted an opportunity. Uh, and uh, the leveling system is also kind of confusing. Uh, because what it does is it presents you with uh, the three stats you can increase, um, which are actually not quite as um, not quite as straightforward as they sound, uh, because it's actually attack power, defense, and MP consumption. Uh, like when you look at it, you think you're getting more health and you're getting uh, more MP. <laughs> But that's really not what happens, is is that it's actually cutting how much MP you spend, and it's cutting how much damage you take. Um, but but anyway, it, it presents you with those three options and tells you how many experience points you need to upgrade. But when you first start playing, you just see three options, and it won't let you pick between them. And so it's kind of confusing. Like, well, why, is there only, why are you showing me three options if there's only one I can take? Because what you can actually do is skip that level. You can say, I don't want to take anything right now. And if you're only 100 experience points away from getting your attack upgrade, you can just skip the life and the MP upgrades and or defense and so on um, and get 100 more and then take the attack power. Otherwise, you've got to start from zero again, and then your attack power is going to take a lot longer. Uh, so just things like that that are kind of because of the nature of having limited text space and just limited space on a cartridge that they couldn't present in the game and so it's confusing to us now uh when we look at it uh it took me a long time to understand the leveling system uh, and, and how it worked but um uh, i think a common strategy is to go for attack power at the beginning uh that if you start skipping levels and start going for the attack power then the game becomes a lot easier a lot quicker <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't do that. Nope, not me. I was a balanced player. Yep. Good little boy. Other thing other thing you can do that I like to do that a lot of people think is boring uh, is to just fight bubbles in the first dungeon. They give good experience, and you can just... They take about 100 hits. <laughs> They're really easy to stunlock. <laughs> yeah. They're easy to stunlock. You can just sit there and whack them forever, and pogo. They, don't, they don't really fight back. <laughs> pogo, 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 pogo. Uh... Yeah. yeah that, Next that's, question. that's actually one of the good things I wanted to mention is how you actually get different moves, you know, like the jump stab and the, the crouching downward stab. And, um, you know, you, you're not just getting a better sword. You're becoming a better swordsman. As opposed yep. to Zelda one. And I think that's really fascinating and I really like seeing that done. And I don't think you get that again until Minish Cap. With the dojo? Uh, that sounds correct, actually. And then, and then Twilight Princess with the dead right, Ocarina Twilight of Time, like... 
Yeah. Uh, Majora's Mask Link. Dead Majora's Mask Link. Is it Majora? No, wait, is it? Or is it Ocarina? Well, I guess they're the same. It doesn't really matter. It is. <laughs> it, it's the young Link uh, that went back in time afterwards. This um, is the depressed Link. My yeah, friend's we're dead. About a game he hates, so he's probably bored. Oh, yeah. Um, we're talking about Zelda 2, and he's just like, oh, Zelda 2. Ugh. Don't worry. We're going to get but, to your game soon, Snake. Ugh. But yeah, like sword skills was definitely established in Zelda 2. Um, and uh, if we want to get real technical, the next game they showed up in is Smash Brothers. Uh, so. But. Wow. Upstab. Upstab is still not in another Zelda game. It's only in Smash Brothers. Also kind of dumb. Like, I don't find it to be that useful. I can't think of any way that it would be really practical. In Zelda 2. I'm sure it's great in Smash. No, like, even in Zelda 2, like, there's still better options. Not for some things, but not for all things. Uh, In the final dungeon, really annoying bird knight people, the Foka, the easiest way to kill them is they jump around a lot, upstab their butt. Just over and over and over when they jump over you hop upward and stab them because they have big shields on their front sides and it's nearly impossible to get behind them. And the, I believe the jump stab strategy that you use on iron knuckles works on them. It's just a bit hard to do when they're constantly jumping yeah, the is. entire height of the screen. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass. Most of those I left behind. I just kept walking. Yes. that That's also the, <laughs> that's generally what you do, but when you're kind of stuck and you really need to fight one up step, uh, but I think they use the upstab more uh, as a puzzle solving, if you even want to call it puzzles, really, mm-hmm. uh, thing that they would put blocks in the way that you would have to break um, yeah. in order to continue through the dungeon. And so it was just, uh, you know, just them building an environment to explore, uh, which kind of it made it. The sword skills, in some ways, kind of feel like magic spells that just don't take MP. Yeah. I mean, they're just other skills that you use to solve problems. Yeah, that's fair. So, since we brought up dungeons now, let's bite the bullet on this one, the final dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's confusing design. Um, so, alright, I have things I want to say about this. I was getting a drink. So, I think that... I think the hidden wall stuff that you need to go through is bullshit. I think that making a dungeon where... You keep coming across a go left or go right. And if you pick the wrong way, you waste 15 minutes of your life that you're never going to get back. That's dumb. Uh, But the actual path through the dungeon isn't that bad. But that that's a matter of just simply knowing where you're going. Um, So like if you have a map, just a paper map that has like lines, you can follow it like it's nothing. And it trivializes a lot of the dungeon. So I feel like it's a lot like the rest of the game. Uh, well, okay. Uh, as soon as you're done with, I think it's you play the flute to make that one thing in the road disappear, Road Devil or whatever it's called. River Devil. River yes. Devil. Um, everything after that point in Zelda Two is unfair. Yep. Just downright fucking unfair. Um, and I feel like the Great Palace suffers from that in design, purely because you have the game is working against you. Um. 
it's like the game laughs at you for attempting to play it. But once you figure it out, it's nothing, which is really fucking weird. But it, it, I feel like its design is hard for the sake of being hard, but it gets its hardness in the same way that Ocarina of Time is hard in that it wastes your time. That's all it does. And I don't know. I don't know how it feels kind of cheap and feels kind of lazy, honestly. I kind of. I don't know if I would say that it is lazy. I think I think the intent was to build like a sprawling huge palace that you explore. Um right, and the last Saint games were just made differently back then. And and I think that was it kind of is the same idea as Zelda 1 in that you would have to chip away at things a little bit at a time and that the path wasn't necessarily straightforward. Zelda 2 did make it unfair uh because of the dying and being sent all the way back to the beginning thing. Uh, that thankfully, once you make it to the palace, is only a problem if you hit the wrong option. Um, but it's still, uh, you know, there are just a lot of choices uh, because, you, like you said, the main path is really not that hard um, and it's kind of straightforward. But I think you are kind of expected to draw your own map. At least that's what they would have expected back then because there wasn't really another way to do it. I think that like I even did that as a kid. Uh, I never drew a map for Zelda 2, but you would write notes down in books, even just like passwords. Yeah, some um, some instruction manuals actually had a notes section at the back. Right. Like I think that was expected that they that you wouldn't be able to remember it. There was no guide online because the internet was brand new or in this case didn't exist yet. Uh, and uh, that you were just going to write stuff down how you beat that boss um and you were going to use trial and error and like i'm jumping to a link to the past for a second but uh uh one of my other cousins and i when we played a link to the past we could not beat a ganem we did we we bought we killed him with a bug net (laughs) we did and it was it was the only thing we figured out that worked because we and from that point on we just had to always remember that that's what we did and those are the kind of things you wrote down right um and so I think that that was probably really common, both in Zelda 1 and 2. Like in Zelda 1, especially, it's really easy to draw a map of a dungeon. It's a bunch of squares. Um, and uh, so I think that it probably is likely that a lot of people drew their own little maps of the palace and figured it out. Uh, and I don't think the game is necessarily much harder than a lot of other games in that era. It just feels really cheap now. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and and yes, I, I actually would say that the path to get to the palace sometimes feels worse than the palace. Um, having to go through all those invisible tiles uh, just full of enemies uh, is a disaster. Um, and I, uh, I almost didn't finish Zelda 2 at Zeuthon just because I died so many times trying to get to the palace. Um, which is why it was so bad when I finally hit the wrong button and went back to the beginning. Um, because I had spent so long just getting there uh, and we were running out of time. But uh, <clears throat> I would say, yeah. After you go through all of that, the pa- uh, Death Mountain, like the path to the palace, getting through the palace. Then you have to fight Thunderbird of all things, which you need to use magic to make it possible to even hurt him. And then afterward, 
linked shadow. Yeah, and we'll have to... I mean, it's two difficult bosses in a row. Thunderbird is not super difficult uh, once you just kind of learn the pattern of the fireballs. Uh, the difficult part is knowing that you must have thunder and that you must basically have a full magic bar to use it, which means that you better have been uh, either very conservative with your magic the whole way through the dungeon or you got to know the tricks to go get the little red pot nearby. Uh, but uh, Link Shadow is... Uh, easy nowadays because we know the little trick where you just stab him in the corner. Yeah. But if you try to fight him legit, that's a that's a fun fun fight uh, to do. Uh, so yes, I mean the end of the game is challenging for sure. I mean I, I don't think that's uh, I don't think it's too challenging necessarily. I think that with practice you can do it. It's just the other punishing aspects of the game. Uh, I think you're expected to be max level by then, so the experience part is just kind of off the table. Uh, that you know you're expected to have enough experience. Uh, you know, having limited lives makes it annoying, and it's hard to get additional lives. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a product of its era, and you know, with minor little tweaks would be perfectly acceptable today. Yeah. Uh, or at least much easier to play today. It's just that we're so used to quality of life improvements. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that, uh, that some parts of this are just unacceptable. Interesting. To think about that, like if it had those tweaks nowadays, like just how much well, better. I, I feel like they could. Um, and I would actually like to see them do that. If you play on the, uh, on the NES app on the Switch, they, they put out versions of the games with extra stuff unlocked. And I think the Zelda 2 one just makes you max level and gives you a bunch of items and stuff up front, uh, which is helpful. But it would be more helpful if they would just tweak things like the game over screen um, rather than like, because it does feel like you, you kind of lose part of the game if you're not going to level anymore. <laughs> um, a lot of your progression is just gone. Uh, it would be better if they just didn't take your experience points away. Yeah. Um, and I would actually, uh, if they were to ever do a, like a proper re-release slash remake, whatever, of Zelda 1 and 2 uh, without doing major overhauls, that's just what I would like to see on both of those games, just little things. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't really talk about that very much with Zelda 1, uh, but both Zelda 1 and 2 came with things in the manual. Uh, that you just don't get anymore. Zelda 1 came with a map. The game has no map. And if they just sure. gave you a digital version of the piece of paper that came in the book, you would be so much better off getting started. Uh, to just you'd, you'd be on level playing field with the players who played 35 years ago. Uh, where now it feels like we're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Those are all very, very valid points. Uh, I was I was actually my next question would be if you could change one thing about Zelda two what would it be so going back to the beginning losing your experience points that's yep. the one thing um, I do think that uh, uh, I think that the reputation of the game has maybe been damaged a little bit beyond repair at this point mm -hmm. um, it is a pretty I think sad 
the number of people that just immediately blow it off the moment you mention Zelda 2, even though they've never played it. Some of them never even seen it. They just know it's the bad Zelda game. Bandwagon hate. Right. And so I feel like uh, that it's gotten so bad that it's a little bit hard to fix uh, to the point that I think a proper remake of Zelda 2 would be the better way to go than just trying to tweak this one. Uh, I don't really want a proper remake of Zelda 1. Um, I think that Zelda 1, uh, kind of like, it's kind of like asking for a remake of Super Mario Brothers. It's like, mm. you know, the game is so important, and I feel like you should play it the way it was made. Uh, but Zelda 2, it, uh, I feel like if they, they actually fixed it up, and it, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of an early Metroidvania, really. Um, and there's, there are some modern games now that have the same kind of overworld with side-scrolling uh, Metroidvania-esque uh, dungeons that Zelda 2 has. Um, so I feel like they could turn it into a modern Metroidvania game pretty easily. Uh, and mm-hmm. that people, even, even if they didn't really redesign the dungeons, just took the dungeons and uh, gave them a facelift and maybe gave Link better act, a better action set, even a Smash Brothers esque action set, yeah. um, that people would be way more accepting of it. Um, and then maybe play the original Zelda two and realize it's not so bad. Uh, I will say there's one thing uh, with most current. Uh, gosh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Not remakes, not re-releases of Zelda 2 safe states that makes the game a lot more accessible to yep yeah I, I said earlier able to get around some of the problems uh when i finally played it the first time i finished or not played it finished it i finished it on the 3DS which i believe was the first version they released with safe states um uh and i abused them a lot oh yeah like save state but before every slightly difficult enemy and if it killed me i just reset and did it again uh but that really did mean that i had fought those iron knuckles hundreds of times by the end of it um and even at the end when i got to the final bosses i finished i beat link's shadow with one hit like i had i I couldn't take a hit (laughs) um and i did i knew the downstab trick to just do it uh but I had to do it over and over and over again because it's not, you know, it's not a guarantee you're going to do it without getting hit. Um, and, uh, you know, you can abuse it to the point of using safe states halfway through the fight. You get a hit on the boss, save. <laughs> uh, and, um, but when you, but you do that enough and, and you really do just get practice at the game. And that's why I said, like, yeah, I was really happy that I had finished the game. But by the time I finished it with save states, I actually really enjoyed playing it. Um, and I was using save states less uh, by the time I got to the end also. Uh, and that's when I just started it again and said, I'm going to play without the save states. And, uh, and now sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. You know, I, with a lot of the old, a lot of classic games, I tend to just routinely make a save state for convenience. Um since you can't say whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, ra- but rather than abusing it just in every fight, you can just make one after every dungeon or whatever. Um, yeah. And But yeah, so using safe states is, a, I think, a perfectly acceptable way to play. And hopefully someone else plays it that way and falls in love with it. 
Yeah, I find it interesting that save states. It used to be that save states were very much an emulator thing, and now they're being used in digital re-releases of games to great effect. Uh, also with the like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini, those have save state slots as well. And I think that save states are purely a good thing. Uh, there's there's so many good uses for them, uh, and I don't ever really see a downside to them. Uh, so for games, especially harder, older games like Zelda 2, I think they're fine. They're absolutely fine. And it would get a lot of people that wouldn't normally give the game a chance. It would get them into it and it would ease them into it slower where they could actually get good and learn the game uh, in an environment that isn't as frustrating or punishing. And I think that that's a good thing. I think making a game more accessible to people is a fantastic thing. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think, I mean, hell, put save states in my new games. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, a lot of PC games have it with quick, with quick load and quick save. Yeah, um, but no, there's a lot of a lot of NES stuff that I've used save states on just to get to try it. Um, you know, I uh, I had actually never finished Super Mario Brothers until this year. Um, <laughs> I'm very bad at Mario games. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, I'm bad at 2D Mario games. I'm okay I at 3D. Surprisingly bad at Mario 64 now. <laughs> Now that I'm playing on the Switch, I'm like, wow, I really can't play this. Um, but no, Mario Brothers, I had trouble getting through the end of it without using a save state. Um, the original Castlevania suffers from the same problem Zelda 2 suffers from with enemies respawning constantly. Uh, makes it pretty hard when all they have to do is hit you once and you fall off a cliff and you die and you have to start the stage over. Yep. Um, so, I mean, things like that. It's just... Uh, but I did Castlevania, Ninja Gaiden, Super Mario Brothers. Use save states. Have fun with the game. You know? But uh, the first and only time that I played through Zelda 2. I actually didn't know that you had. Yeah. And it's the reason that I refused to ever stream it because it put a bitter taste in my mouth. I did not use save states. I played it on the original hardware and I was pulling my hair out at times and had to just set it down and come back to it a few hours later. Um, there's plenty that I enjoy about the game. Music, especially. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the enemy designs are really nice and well done. Uh, I couldn't tell you any of their names. But, uh, I mean, shoot, for example, uh, when it comes to the axe-throwing guys moving their shields up and down, just having to move yourself in a way to block them as you push them further and further back is nice. Uh, like, just overall, I would say some of the enemy designs in Zelda 2 are more well thought out than the original Zelda. Agree. I agree. agree. Um, I, I do think maybe um, that's because game developers at the time would have had more experience with that style of gameplay. Hmm. Uh, that side-scrolling games were just a lot more common than top-down adventure games. So, I mean, you had a whole lot of inspiration to pull from yeah. uh, for those kind of things. Uh, but that's not to discredit that it's just a better design. Mm -hmm. uh, but... 
Hmm. But uh, it, it was mainly just the fact of how the game over worked and especially the final stretch through that last palace that just became the biggest killers for me in me not really wanting to pick up the game. Uh, maybe if I played with save states, it wouldn't have been as bad for me, but going through it on the original hardware definitely put a little bit more of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I actually don't know if I've ever played it all the way through on the original hardware. Part of that's because, and that's mostly because I'm lazy and I don't actually hook up uh, mm -hmm. my NES or even my Retron very often. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my cartridge pretty much stays in the box. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I just don't. I know, I know I've played the cartridge. I don't know that I've ever finished the cartridge version, though. Yep. Uh, Interesting. But... Hello, Power. How are you? But no matter... Uh... How many times Josh has gone off? Like, Josh has recommended me to play Zelda 2 on stream time and time again. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. It wasn't a recommendation, it was a demand. <laughs> hey, uh, right. hey, Snake, you know that, that favor the, you owe me? The recommendation was Quest 64. <laughs> don't, don't even. Quest 64 is my first JRPG. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. 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 But yeah, Snake, you know that favor you owe me? Oh no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't I would not oh, do that no, to you. Please. I would not do that to you. I would think about it and laugh at the thought, but I would not do that to you. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I have all of my classic hardware bin. I set up none of it. Ever. <laughs> I set up my N sixty four for Z Youth. <laughs> <laughs> I might used it in ages, um, but uh. Then you got someone like me that only uses original hardware. Yeah, no, I'm like, Ugh. I will go way out of my way, and say, look, I own this game every time it has ever been re-released, but I'm playing the emulator. <laughs> it's the most convenient way to do it, and usually the prettiest and most feature-filled too. But thanks for the raid, my dude. Sorry it kind of glitched out on you, but I appreciate the raid. So, we talked about the things in Zelda 2 that are not good. Uh, and what we would change seems to be roughly the same, but if you could isolate just one aspect of Zelda 2 as the best, what would you say? I still have to say the uh, enemy designs. That's fair. That's a good choice. The inclusion of towns. Ooh, you think the towns are the best part? Um, and I, I'm looking at it kind of broadly, uh, but Zelda One doesn't have them, and they're a staple of the series now. Uh, you know, just uh, <clears throat> for example. Uh, during all the build-up to Breath of the Wild, we didn't see any for a while. Uh, I believe some people were actually concerned maybe there weren't any. Uh, and then in the final trailer, they uh, just showed glimpses, and everyone got excited. Uh, so I think that people like 
people love Zelda towns. Um, and uh, and the towns in Zelda 2, um, they're good towns. Like, yeah, you can... I know people have already joked in the chat about the, the women who heal you. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, the young and old women that heal you. Um, but But the towns have secrets in them. Mm-hmm. And they have side quests, even if some of those or a lot of those side quests are are required. Um, you know, they have quests you have to complete and stuff the secret that you can find, um, and kind of set the stage for um, the more full featured Kakariko villages that we would get in a link to the past and Ocarina of Time, and even Mave Village and Animal Village and Link's Awakening. So, uh, you know. It's not the only thing Zelda 2 introduced to the series. I mean, we've already talked about magic and the weapon skills, uh, but the towns is another one. Uh, and I know this is com- this is maybe common knowledge to a lot of people now, but the names of those towns are also significant. Uh, they reused all of them in Ocarina of Time. Oh, well, sorry, all but one. All but one in Ocarina of Time. Kasuto is still exclusive. But uh, all the sages are named share names with the towns plus Mido. So it's just I think it's neat that the towns were there and that you could explore them and that's not and that is a significant difference from the first game. Yeah. Uh, there weren't really other characters in the first game. You had the old man and you had the old woman yeah. <laughs> and you had shopkeeper uh but that's uh, that's all we had. You know, just thinking about it, I feel like the towns make Zelda 2's world feel more lived in, mm-hmm. which is usually a really, really good thing. Uh, so, of course, I like to see that. Another thing I wanted to touch on real quick is you were talking about how people were kind of nervous when they didn't know if towns were going to be in Breath of the Wild, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, there's a town. Okay, we're happy now. And I still think that even to this day, when people are like, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild, such a fun game. So many people have told me that their favorite part is Terrytown. Yep. And that just furthers your fucking point. <laughs> it's just it's just, hey, here's some people. It's a town now. We love it. <laughs> Why? Because it's a town. OK. It's a town made up entirely of squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like they said, we made that town, and we built this city. Yeah. People like Zelda towns. I mean, I don't know a Zelda town I don't like. Fuck you, bird! I said it first. <laughs> <clears throat> there, I was making a music reference, and Bird thought she's being slick, but she wasn't. Cause, uh, I said it first. Hey, you know what, Faith? You didn't say it. You typed it. Get on my level, okay? Whenever you type things, I want to hear them like blowing through my window. Okay, so until they do, Jacob wins. Suck it. <clears throat> uh huh. Sure. It won't do you any good. We're hiding from you all. I mean, sorry, I had to take care of my chat. They were being a little unruly. They're <clears throat> good. Uh huh. Is that not normal? Yeah, it's disgustingly normal, actually. Oh. Anyway, so Zelda 2. I know that there's a lot with Zelda 2, um, but I'm thinking about the rating that I want to give it. 
Um, is there anything else you want to add about Zelda 2? I mean, you hit a lot of shit on Zelda 2. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm like, look at the clock. I was like, wow, we've been talking about Zelda 2 for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there's not tons more to add. I mean, like we've, I haven't really said anything about the music, but the music is wonderful. I know yeah. people tend to center on just one track, but it's really all of it. Um, granted, there's only like four tracks. But, <laughs> there's only three but, in Zelda 1, right? Um, uh, that may be... That may be true. Overworld, Dungeon, Death Mountain? That's right, yeah. So, in Zelda 2, there is Town, and Battle, and Overworld, and Dungeon. <laughs> Great Palace has uh, a separate well, one. Great Palace has its own also, so that's so five. Um, the, uh, and, and now that I think about it, the boss <laughs> music might be different from the normal battle music. So six. Not 100% so, sure. so <laughs> yeah. that could have been something they put on the back of the box. Twice as many songs as Zelda one. Oh, wow. Uh, I think the battle music is actually really cool. Uh, I like that song a lot. Uh, and the town music also uh, a lot. Uh, and I think that the overworld track is quite underrated. Uh, it's yeah. kind of a, it's not the main Zelda theme from the first game mm -hmm. that they've used over and over and is now just the theme song of the series. Uh, but uh, it's a really solid track and just kind of gets overlooked as an overworld theme. Uh, I also really like how Zelda 2 made Hyrule just feel bigger. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the towns make it feel lived in, uh, but it's also a... Uh, I mean, it's, it's known that the southwest corner of the map is supposed to be all of Zelda 1, where Death Mountain is. Uh, it's just like a miniaturized version stuck in the Zelda 2 world map. Uh, and so they've made Hyrule into a real country for the first time. Uh, you can't explore it as thoroughly as you could the first time, uh, but it just makes it feel like a bigger scope. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, also, hi, Holmick. Fuck you. We may proceed. That's all I wanted to add. Just, how dare you say I suck, Holmick. I'm I'm kind of heartbroken. Don't you lick me. Anyway, yeah, Zelda 2. I have my I rating for Zelda 2. I have a rating I think will surprise everyone actually. But we'll we'll start with Snake up in the corner. So technically I can split my ratings into two directions. So you're on the line between two. So, so it's like the Zelda on Oh god. <laughs> I would say ha no. Zelda 2 if you have access to save state optional. Okay. Okay. I will I will go next. I will say that out of the box with no modifications or save states or conveniences or anything I would say that the game would be optional. Um, leaning toward haha no, but still definitely optional. I think with modern conveniences like safe stating and um, integer locking the live system to mitigate the you ran out of lives, fuck you. Um, I would actually say uh, recommended. I really do like it when you take out the shit. It's actually a very enjoyable game. You just got to take out all that shit. 
Okay, here we go. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to go in a different direction here. First, 12 out of 10. (laughs) 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 But uh, I'm going to say it is generally optional. Um, Like, I don't, like, yeah, there's frustrating things, and I agree with the save states just making it better overall. Uh, But I don't think that it's essential to understanding Zelda, particularly. Um, I appreciate the game a lot. Uh, like I think that uh, I'm actually just recalling now uh, I was sent a very lengthy article <laughs> a very lengthy meaning I went I go for walks that are sometimes an hour and it took me at least two of those walks to read the whole article wow like, it is basically a book on a website explaining why Zelda 2 was so critical uh, to the history of video games the history of Zelda and so on and it was a really cool article that I really enjoyed but um uh, most people aren't going to get that from playing it. Um, and you can just read and say, you can read and learn, oh, well, the Zelda series has magic and it has towns and it has uh, sword skills because Zelda 2 put them in there. And you can say, oh, that's cool. And then you can play a better Zelda game. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I, I very much believe in separating what are my favorite things and what are the ones I think are the best of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that Zelda 2 is very fun. And it is in uh, pretty high on my list of Zelda games uh, as far as which ones are my favorite. Uh, like, I don't recall exactly where it is, but it's definitely in the top 10 uh, of my favorite Zelda games. But I don't think that most people will feel the same way. Uh, and uh, I've put some people up to the challenge of play through it and see if you love it by the time you're done with it. Um, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, notably, I put Amanda at ZU up to that challenge and she hates it. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. So, uh, so it doesn't like, not everyone's going to like it. Um, I think that if you like classic games and if you like side-scrolling games especially, then uh, you may play it and really like it at, despite the issues. Um but generally, for playing Zelda overall, it is optional. So just to confirm, I gave Zelda 2 a higher rating than you. You did. Okay, can somebody clip that and send it to Elias, please? <laughs> I just want that known forever. It's okay, Elias will have the whole VOD and hold it all over my head for <laughs> oh. I'll make sure he has access to it. Uh, but no, I did. I did enjoy Zelda too. It's just if you don't have those modern conveniences, I would almost say don't even bother. But you're you can handle it. You should still try it. So Zelda Three: The Triforce of the Gods, or Link to the Past, if you prefer. <sighs> Good, Snake. So we're just going to get this out of the way. Not the best Zelda game ever. Yeah, I agree. Uh, until I recently, agree yeah, I. Until it's my recently, favorite. it's my, my, my favorite. It is my favorite also. for the series. Wow. Um, my my uh, my list of the best is pretty cliche, but it's not. It's not uh, Link to the Past is the best, um, but it is my favorite. But so, yeah, I would I would absolutely say it's my favorite, Josh is the one that really got me into Zelda in general. Uh, and welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what got me here. 
But uh, I would say Link to the Past is, for the most part, sort of like the quote-unquote formula setter for the series. Do some dungeons, get the Master Sword, do more dungeons, fight Ganon. Uh, that was done numerous times afterwards, basically. Uh, and, I mean, they would change it up a little bit here and there. They could change up how items work, etc., etc. But going forward, Link to the Past sort of ended up making a standard sort of flow for the series as a whole. Uh, and it kept it relatively linear. You could do, like, quote-unquote sequence breaks and change things around a bit. You could dip into dungeons just partially, get the item, and then leave and go off and do another one, for instance. But why would you? If you're already so far into this dungeon, then you could beat it. Uh, and it's even numerically said, okay, this is the order of the dungeons to do in the dark. Hmm. Like, it gave you 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Specifically numbered for your enjoyment. To be fair, the dungeons in the first Zelda game were also numbered. But they also weren't listed on your map no, for you to go not. to. You would stumble across them Hopefully. By burning every bush. Yeah. Um, there is something I want to add real quick to A Link to the Past, and that is, until recently, I thought it was... Eh. Playing through it again recently, with the exception of Skull Woods, I think it is a pretty good game. But I think that A Link to the Past suffers from Final Fantasy VII Syndrome, where everybody played it growing up. It was a lot of people's first. And because of that, they're like, oh, best game ever! When it's really just not. It's overrated and overhyped all to shit. Does that make it a bad game? No. It's a good game. I would even go so far as to say, in some cases, it's a great game. But it's overrated all to shit. I definitely feel like out of the first three original Zelda games, it definitely aged the best. Sure. Uh, I agree. From its music to its artwork, etc., etc., to even, you know, game feel, it's really good. Uh, and with, if you know the game more, there's more that you can do with it. Like, okay, so if you have the knowledge about how items work and where all the portals are etc etc you could do dungeons out of order without using any glitches whatsoever uh there's little movement things that you can do to just flat out skip portions of dungeons also uh for instance bonk jumping that's an intended mechanic that's in the game like that's something nintendo puts in and the only instance that they really show you that you can do it is in Ganon's town. Because there's a room there that you can't get to at all without doing I know what room you're talking about, too. Yep. You get some... Like fairy room. Yep. It's completely optional. You don't need to do it. So that way, if you can't figure it out, 
uh it's fine but you can do it it's the thing that you can do and i always love little things like that but uh like they put in a lot of stuff like there's even the chris hula hand room so uh which is really just uh hey you accidentally found this due to it being an error but hey it's here and dear god if we get into the whole glitch side of the game that's just insane i am still sad that you can't beat the game without the master sword <laughs> yep i'm sure. sad that you haven't managed that <laughs> is is that a thing you can somehow do it is not outside of walking through walls to beat the game you cannot possibly beat ganon with the master sword with with the fighter oh. sword or the fighter sword yeah i was about to be like wow that sucks uh, <laughs> master sword tempered sword gold sword possible fighter sword is is it just sword, you have to use spin attacks i believe to hurt yeah, ganon because you can't do regular sword. Wow. But yeah, so the fighter just... sword, even, even spin attacks on the fighter sword is too weak. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I mean, only, you have to do a bunch of glitches to even get there with the fighter sword. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you just you can't beat Ganon with it. I was hoping that Master Jake over here would figure it out, but <laughs> even he is not good enough at the game for that. I've spent more hours than I care to trying to do. <laughs> um, more hours than I've actually spent speedrunning the game. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of which, uh, I gotta pee again, so why don't you tell these lovely people why it is you know so much about this game? Oh, gosh. So, when it comes to this game, I'm big on speedrunning it. I've done 100% category any percent i've even looked at low percent and a lot of the various other miscellaneous categories like cuckoo percent where you literally just look to use magic powder on the cuckoo in kakariko village to turn it into a woman uh that is indeed a category it's absurd but it's the thing he also uh, plays the game blindfolded I have not been the whole game blind. I you play it. I've practiced it a lot, but by there's... a show of hands, I bet no one else in the chat has even played a video game blindfolded. <laughs> Meanwhile, you practice playing Zelda blindfolded. Oh, which is also like a nice little thing to the game's sound design for it to be possible to do it that way, because there's different sounds like tapping along walls versus tapping against a door. There's just Oh hey, here's a destructible wall. It sounds the same as if you're trying to tap on a door as opposed to a wall, so you know you're in front of it. You can blow it up. Speaking about blowing things up, hey Jacob. He's not quite back yet. He's here, but he's not quite back. Talking shit about me? I heard that. Oh, yeah. He said you exploded. Uh, only from the front. I didn't try from the back this time. I was afraid it might be a mess. So it... Oh, that's... Yeah, I get bad news. I didn't blow my pants off. That's 
All right, Nibs. Yeah, would have been really terrible if I had forgotten to unmute my mic and actually blew my pants off. That would have been the most embarrassing moment of my entire career. Oh. Well, yeah, I've definitely spent easily upwards of hundreds of hours just on specific categories in the game. Oh, speaking of categories, uh, the one that I brought up that you probably don't know about, Jacob, is Kuko Percent. Is what? Kuko Percent. You turn a Kuko in a house in Kakariko Village into a woman. That's the category. Why is that a thing? Why? Why is Dog Percent a thing in Breath of the Wild? Why is Rake in the Lake a thing in Breath of the Wild? Why is there a hot dog percent in Kirby's Air Ride? Speed running's weird. Yep. Yeah. Also, remind me to submit that uh, video at some point because I need to do that because I accidentally got on the leaderboard for that when I wasn't speed running. Yep. Apparently, you were. I swear I wasn't. I swear. I swear I was not. It was not my fault. I was just playing the game like normal and it happened and. Uh, Mario Odyssey nipple percent. Okay. Yep. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Yep. (sighs) How fast can you get Mario's shirt off? Yeah, basically. Let's find out. Uh, That would be a really really short speed run in Breath of the Wild. (laughs) 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 But there's just so much uh, with Link to the Past that's just aged really well and when it's come to the speedrunning community side of things they're still discovering glitches for the game uh now granted they aren't coming near as often as they used to but there's still a couple that have popped up here and there i would say probably the funnier one uh is the fact that it's possible to overload pixels and then hook shot yourself up from the portal area of death mountain in the dark world up into ganon's tower you just slide across the screen there you go that's kind of nuts it's more the same when you actually i have no doubt I apologize for being distracted. I have wondered my entire life uh, what exactly this device was for. And now I know. So. I was, I was very fascinated by that. For those of you that don't know, this is a one ounce. And this is two ounce. Anyway. Yep. But uh, there's a lot that I would say has aged well with Link to the Past, but there's also a couple things that could have been done better. Uh, But from the music to the art design, it's really good. The enemies is probably what I would say is the weakest aspect of the Really? Outside of bosses, regular enemies, it's I'm going to walk around and in some cases, some just aggro and walk towards you. 
Uh-huh. Whereas what I loved about Zelda 2, the depth with the combat was really great. Link to the Past, not so much. I think 2D Zelda games kind of suffered from that for a long time. Like, um, you know, A Link to the Past did improve it over, maybe not even over the original game. Like, enemies that have swords can kind of block attacks. Um, Link's Awakening took it another step further again. Um, but it's, a, it's taken a long time for 2D Zelda enemy design to match its 3D counterpart. Granted, we haven't had very many 2D Zeldas lately. Uh, yeah, this has nothing to do with any of the Zelda games we've been talking about today, but I just kind of want to voice this. I wonder why they decided to remake Link's Awakening over Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Because it's a better game. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. Um, I think Oracle of Seasons is the worst Zelda game. Uh, oh. Granted, I st- also I still also think that every Zelda game is probably like in the top 100 greatest games of all time, <laughs> but I think Oracle of Ages is is the worst Zelda game, and or, I'm sorry, Oracle of Seasons. Uh, Oracle of Ages is not a whole lot better. Uh, there are a few other games that I pu- I put it above, but I don't think the Oracle games are really that great. Yeah, uh, I think they suffer from a lot of. Uh, retro design flaws that remind me of Zelda 1 and 2 in some cases <laughs> of things that I I think I only knew how to do as a kid because I bought the player's guide the day the game came out mm-hmm. um, and when I'm playing it without the player's guide now I'm like what in the world are you supposed to do <laughs> and then I look up a walkthrough <laughs> and it's like when you need to do that I feel like it, it just feels wrong <laughs> um for uh it just it seems odd compared and like link's awakening can be that way too uh, i mean mm-hmm. but i think link's awakening does it better <laughs> um link's awakening really only has one point i can think of where you really i've seen lots of people get lost trying to get to animal village yep. because the solution is cut down a bush <laughs> um that part lots of people get stuck on but anyway that's why they remade it uh, but also, I think it's also kind of just a looking at which games are older. Uh, I think they were they a link between worlds kind of started its life as a remake of a link to the past, and they kind of said that's boring. We don't want to do that, and made a new game instead. Um, but Link's Awakening, I think, was just next in line. I mean, and and they remade Metroid Two about the same time. I think they were kind of on a Game Boy remake streak. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But you know, it's funny you said that you rate seasons as low as you do. I don't know this has nothing to do with a link to the past. I don't give a shit. Um I put Oracle of Ages and Seasons not quite at the bottom, but almost at the bottom for myself as well. I've played through each game exactly once and I was bored most of the time. Yep. No, I uh Oracle of Ages is the only Zelda game left that I've only finished once. Um I'll probably stream it next year um i played oracle of seasons for the second time last year and was kind of bored slash frustrated a lot of the time um i also recently redid phantom hourglass but i actually was having fun with that one most of the time get out 
was <laughs> <laughs> like, because before that, I actually would have said Phantom Hourglass was the worst. Phantom Hourglass is my least favorite Zelda. Uh, and it was my least favorite. And I played it on the Wii U and still decided it was better than Oracle Season. <laughs> um, so I just, you know. Uh, you will never guess what my second least favorite Zelda game is. Spirit Tracks. Yep. And you know I actually, what? I like Spirit Tracks uh, more. Well, I kind of go back and forth on which one I like more now. Before, I would have said Spirit Tracks was absolutely better than Phantom Hourglass. But I... There's one thing that keeps Spirit Tracks... from. Okay, so Phantom Hourglass is my least favorite, and most of it is because of the stupid fucking dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the combat hand cramps. Oh, that doesn't. I hate that. You got to swipe with your stupid hand and you're trying to look up at your camera because you're streaming it. First time you play it, you got to stream it, of course, you know, and that's your freaking job. So you're trying to like... I just had my head like this. Most of the time I was like, folks, I'm going to have to look down at this. (laughs) I just was like, you know, that's what it is. And and it frustrates the hell out of me. Um, There's a lot of stuff that could have been cool, but it just... Whatever. Spirit Tracks... I'm not a big fan of trains. I've never been a big fan of trains. Maybe it's because I live in West Virginia and everybody else likes trains around here. I don't know. But I've never liked trains. So the whole train thing, you would think, as a person who doesn't like trains, that I wouldn't find it interesting. I think it's fun as shit. Drive around the map uh, going, you got like the fast and then the faster and then the, you got to slam on the brakes and go in reverse. You got the other trains chasing. You got to take the junctions to dodge them. It's fun. I think it's really, really fun. That kind of shit fascinates the hell out of me and is really, really fun and engaging. The reason that Spirit Tracks is almost at the bottom is the motherfucking pan flute. That thing can burn in a dumpster fire. <laughs> I despise everything about that stupid pan flute. I was actually wondering where you were going with that. I was like, where could he possibly hate so much? Yep. I was holding that 3DS to my face, screaming and crying, please, why? And it was just like, See, play I it again, Jacob. <laughs> I watched Amanda play it on the Wii U, and I understand why that was a disaster. The Wii U microphone is garbage. Like, so uh, this is true. Uh, Phantom Hourglass, there's a spot where you have to scream to get the best price on a cannon for your boat. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't scream loud enough, you can't buy it at all. Um, it wouldn't recognize me yelling. I had to mute my mic and warn my roommate that I was about to scream at the top of my lungs. And I still had to try multiple times to get it to recognize at all <laughs> that I was screaming at it. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? That meme of like that that mouse that's out at night and when it like like rears up and opens its mouth and you're ah (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah so those games don't worry they get their podcast episode too but they're not getting it right now so i'm gonna stop thinking about how much i hate that fucking pan flute i legitimately bought a pan flute after i beat that game just so i could snap it in half and throw it in the trash i legitimately did that and it was the best seven dollars i've ever spent in my entire life oh I've yet to play it, so eventually I will know that. I actually, I know I'm going on about the games again, but I actually find the touchscreen controls to be really, like, chill. 
like it was a really fun thing to stream to kind of just play with one hand and uh so that's why i I can think of a I, lot of other things you can do with one hand that's a lot yes. better trust me <laughs> on stream <laughs> yeah 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 like uh like this because it's still better to do this than to play phantom hourglass phantom hourglass is fun <laughs> yeah link to the past so snake uh yeah uh-huh. i'm gonna just i'm gonna play with this barmaid kit thing that i got it's got one of these and it's got one of these and that's i'm gonna play around with this you talk about link to the past what's up Oh gosh! How do I even segue back to Link to the Past? Oh, uh, can There's you, a can you do something with the past? Isn't there? Can you do some of the spoon? Because this is a massive fucking spoon. Oh jeez. Okay. So, like I don't know. Segue with a spoon, I guess. Uh, spoon, spoon. Right. For some Come reason, that was a really odd design on their part to basically give guards forks and spoons and forks <laughs> as weapons. I don't know why. Did they really? I don't think they actually had a spoon, but definitely forks. Okay. Which game would I spoon? Um, oh. Twilight Princess. But... I was just saying! I definitely think, though, that a lot of the dungeons in Link to the Past is really memorable. Uh, compared to the previous two, uh, because you know they could do a lot more with it, uh, in terms of just design. Uh, I mean, just going from Eastern Palace, it looks like a standard palace, but then going on over to Desert, where they even go off and split it off into two different sections. Uh, Tower of Hera, they go off and did multiple levels that you're able to fall through to solve a puzzle to go off and actually get the item of the dungeon, which isn't even required to beat the dungeon, but is required to beat the game. That's fascinating. Please continue. I don't even know what that was that you were playing with. <laughs> don't worry about it, Snake. It's talking about Link to the Past. <laughs> playing with spoons and such. I <laughs> playing with some uh, spoons. Shut up. But there's, despite how much more linear the game uh, became compared to <gasps> say Snake Shop. There's cat on screen. Look at the kitty. Look at the kitty. Say hi. Aww. He's a kitty. Hi, kitty. This, this is Zuki. She's named after a Korok in Breath of the Wild. Aww. Hi, Zuki. Everybody say hi, Zuki. Hi. Cat looks unamused. You may continue, Snake. <laughs> hi. Moment longer for the cat. Okay, cat, cat's, cat's down. <laughs> uh, despite it being a lot more linear, the fact that there was still some exploration to the game to actually be able to progress was really nice. Uh, Zor Flippers, for instance, you had to go to a part of the map that you don't really go towards otherwise until you actually need the flippers. Uh, also in the Dark World, in that same area, there's 
a required item to be able to enter a dungeon. Uh, in the bottom right corner of the map, there's literally no reason to go there except to actually get the ice rod. Uh, which is, again, required to actually beat the game, but that's not needed until the very end, and there's a hint towards it at the beginning. Is there? Yeah. Uh, Sahasrala. Or Sriracha Sauce, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> um, goes off and tells you that there is an item in that area during that long dialogue after you get the Pegasus boots. Yeah, you know that stuff you probably just pressed A through really fast. Yep. Alright, look. He wouldn't shut the fuck up, so I was like, I'm gonna play video games. <laughs> and shoot, there's even a little bit of world building because his brother is actually in the cave in near Desert Palace. Here's a, here's a quiz for Jake here. What's his name? I do not know. Agina. Really? A-G-I-N-A-H. Is that a coincidence? How so? Really close to Aganum. Oh. No, I don't think that... Uh, it's not related. Okay. It's just uh, that his par their parents got tired of uh, coming up with the second halves of names. <laughs> <laughs> so they just figured out half of a name for the brother. <laughs> Their, their most recent child is just named Bob. Fuck it. <laughs> Done. Bill. <laughs> uh, ah. But, like, there's <laughs> plenty more, like, depth to characters around and about, if mm -hmm. you're willing to look for it. But it's not required to enjoy the game, either. Uh, it has a really simple plot. I mean, Evil Wizard wants to bring back Ganon. Go ahead, stop him. Get the Triforce, undo everything. But uh, but all the flavor text for it is given as you're being the dungeons, with little hints as to what you're supposed to do. So I got cats so fucking cute. Uh, <laughs> so I have to ask I think when it comes to comparing Zelda 1, Zelda 2 and A Link to the Past it's a bit of an unfair comparison because Link to the Past is on Super Nintendo whereas Zelda yep. 1 and 2 are on the NES what do you think is the best use of more advanced hardware that a link to the past accomplishes compared to one and two. Oh, honestly, when it boils down to it, uh, <clears throat> I I would say the easiest comparison is literally comparing, uh, the original Legend of Zelda to Link to the Past, mm -hmm. because in terms of the overall gameplay design they're extremely similar in that regard you move frame by frame killing enemies as you're working towards a goal uh the only thing that really linked to the past has that improves upon uh the original zelda 
is just the art design and the music. That's what really brings it to, all together. I, I was going to say the graphics are, uh, pro which is kind of weird to say because we all like to say the graphics don't matter that much, but it, it really does just make the world feel more alive in this case because it's such a huge dramatic jump. Um, and, and like Jake had already said, like the dungeons in Zelda 1 feel the same. Uh, and here's where they were actually able to make them thematic. Um, and uh, even if Jacob hates the Skull Woods, uh, I think it's pretty cool that the forest essentially is the dungeon. Uh, it's a cool uh, concept. I'll give you that. Right. Like, I, honestly, it's something I was really hoping to see in like a Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> to, really neat. To just, and I'm still hoping to see it like a sequel. It's like, I want to just go into a forest and realize this is a dungeon but it's actually just a forest. Okay. Uh, and uh, so like, and A Link to the Past has that, uh, that every dungeon feels quite different. Uh, uh, the only other thing that really Link to the Past adds on is that two world system being able to hop mm -hmm. back and forth uh, and figuring out, you know, how that really interacts with one each one another. Uh, for instance, to enter Swamp Palace, you have to do something in the light world to even access it. You know, drain the water, and that's a that affects it in the dark world, raising the water there. Which is cool. That interconnectivity is very fascinating because it it gives the player the idea of, okay, now wait, if what I do in one world affects the other, not only am I going to use that for these dungeons, sure, but what can I do optionally? using this ability and you can get some heart pieces and upgrades and stuff like that. And it's, it's so cool. And so in my opinion, so very well done. But like, that's really the two things that link to the past does that improves on the original legend of Zelda while creating a formula. Yeah. But it's really those two things that stand out because when you think, Link to the past, you don't think, oh, hey, I'm going to collect those pandits, get the mastered sword, collect those crystals, and beat the game. It's this game looks really good, even so much time in the future. Like, it still holds up really well. Yeah, like, now, uh, there's a couple things to look at it and wonder okay, what is this? But most stuff, it's really recognizable. You say that, and like, what always goes, what always comes to mind is, uh, there's a, there's fan art that goes around of, of Aghanim, of what he's supposed to look like, and it's absolutely, as a kid, I did not understand the sprite. I thought he had weird green eyes on his head, and that he was just some really creepy, whacked out wizard, mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be a hood, and he's just got little dark eyes, uh, in his little hood, and it just didn't look that way to me. <laughs> and there's like there's stuff like that in other games too. Um, but yeah, it's like there's some weird stuff, but it's still just dramatically better uh, than what was there. And I know the question I think was what's the biggest change, uh, but uh, so this is not the biggest. But I do think that the uh, just the jump in technology let them do a lot more with the items. Like I don't mm -hmm. know if the hookshot would have been possible. That's fair. Zelda. That's a really fair uh, point. And, you know, the Cane of Samaria 
and like things like that that you just have a lot more control over the world uh and since like the world's not seamless but there's large areas to walk around um and like zelda didn't have that either uh like to use the cane of samaria example you can make a block in the top left corner of kakariko village and carry it around with you to the bottom right corner of kakariko village and in the legend of zelda kakariko village would have been one house per screen uh, and there probably wouldn't have been a block on any of them to do anything with, but uh, it was just stuff like that that the technology did enable uh, as well to have those large areas that you can interact with in a variety of ways. I know this is incredibly random, but I kind of just wanted to share my thought on something. You talking about that kind of reminded me of Brave Fencer Musashi a little bit. Um, you get abilities in that game and a lot of them you use multiple times in multiple different places in multiple different ways. But there are a few items that you can tell it's meant for this one spot and then you're never going to use it again. Um, and the reason I thought of that is, you know, you have no reason to make a one of those blocks using the cane in Kakariko. You don't really need to do that. The game lets you do it anyway. And that's just it's a thing you can do. You can use it anywhere. The whole game is designed so that you can use it anywhere, not just in the dungeon you need it for or this spot you need it for. You have that free form to go anywhere you want and use it rather than just where it's intended. And that kind of freedom, that kind of openness that the, it gives the player is really fascinating. And I really like that. I don't really know that Brave Fencer Musashi has anything to do with anything, but it's what happened to pop up in my head. So I shared it. Because Brave Fencer Musashi is amazing and you both should play it. I have been trying to get my hands on an English copy, actually, because I want to stream it sometime. I one right there. I have, I have one copy. right there. I have two of them right there. Really like that I game. I have a Japanese copy. You have. But, uh... Did you know? Did you know that they put it on the Japanese PSN store in 2008 and they still haven't fucking put it on the English one 12 years later? Well, I didn't know it was on the Japanese store, but I had checked the English store. I have a PlayStation TV specifically for this purpose to buy all PS1 games. So I was like, surely I can just go buy it. Everybody knows this game, but no. Uh, I don't understand so, why. Uh, yeah. No, my intent was uh, actually kind of, I, I gave up when I last, when, last time I was at a convention actually, which was last, well, it wasn't last year, but the last one that I bought a bunch of retro games at was. And I finally gave up getting an English copy and bought a Japanese one. I was like, I'll just play an emulator. <laughs> I own it now. Yeah. It's good enough. It's, it's true, yeah. But, but yeah, you make a lot of good points about A Link to the Past. And even just like sitting here looking at the background that we have, um, looking at the map, almost every spot in the game changes significantly. Um. You know, Hyrule Castle and its little garden is a giant pyramid. Uh, you have the, the, the maze over there on the right that takes you to the whatever it's called. Palace, Palace of, Dark of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Um, the swamp is different. The desert is is a swamp in the dark world. Kakariko Village, where you get to see all these people getting along and living their lives, is now just a thieves den. Um, the Lost Woods, where you see animals hopping around, having a good time, is now Skull Woods. Like, it's really cool to see the changes in the world. 
And I think that that concept in um, in Ocarina of Time has done really well as well. Uh, but rather it be just like two sides of a coin, so to speak. It's the same world changing through the passage of time. Um, and I think that that's really neat. It's actually not the passage of time in this case, but yeah, it's the, like the two side two coin thing. I'm I'm tired. Okay, I don't know if I said it right, but you know what I fucking meant. Shove <laughs> Hallman, the game's great. Play it. Leave me alone. Oh yeah. Uh, each dungeon as you're going through, still like. You go into it, the music is the same for all of them, for the most part, outside of, say, like, the light, Vessel. The Light World has different music than the Dark yep. World dungeons. But yeah. uh, as you're going through each dungeon, I mean, you know which one you're in based on its design. They're all fairly unique. They all have their own gimmicks. Except that you would never guess that the Palace of Darkness is the Palace of Darkness because it's not very dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I would lead into the next thing that I really like is the bosses. Uh, a lot of the bosses are really well made. I would say the only exception is... Flying Enemies. In Link to the Past, one of my biggest gripes are really awkward. Uh, because there's that whole two and a, two and a half D surf situation going on there of trying to actually hit them. But past that, like when you look at bosses, they're memorable. Some are annoying, but they all have fun little gimmicks to them as to how you beat them. Uh, okay. Go ahead. But Moldorn, for instance, being, uh, well, really annoying, finding an enemy where his goal is to either kill you or knock you off the ledge, <clears throat> that hadn't been done before. And even like now, that's still relatively uncommon. It's like uh, you're not fighting the boss so much as you are fighting the stage, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Which is the cool. boss isn't really that hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just not falling off. <laughs> Grab his uh, butt. Okay. But no, I I think that. Uh, Ow. I, I think a lot of people would say that uh, the Legend of Zelda series in general has very memorable bosses, uh, and so for some people that may even be like one of their favorite parts of it. Uh, like there are Zelda bosses that I just absolutely love. Uh, like I, I kind of scoffed a few minutes ago when you uh, made a comment about Twilight Princess, uh, because I I think Twilight Princess is kind of a mediocre Zelda game, but uh, there are actually really high points in that game. And like Star Lord, is oh yes, one of my favorite bosses ever. <laughs> so, good. so good. Um, so like despite me like saying yeah, I think all these other things are way better than that. I think Arbiter's Grounds is maybe the best dungeon in the whole entire series. Um, but but anyway, the point was, like, this is where that started. Like, Zelda 1 and 2, the bosses are kind of nothing. Like, Zelda 1 has some iconic enemies that we've seen come back, uh, but the fights were really simple. You know, even, even something like the Dodongo that was complicated really wasn't. <laughs> um, 
and uh, and even the Ganon fight is just pretty straightforward, really. It's mostly just figure out it's hide and seek with Ganon while he shoots fireballs at you. Yeah. Um, and here is where the boss design really uh, became a, a a focus, and they're all unique and they're all excellent. I would say, even despite a little hiccups in some of them, it's just I don't hate any of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's just become a theme now and even even speaks to breath of the wild a little bit when some people were disappointed by the ganon blight bosses uh, that they just weren't they just didn't feel up to the standard zelda had set in some ways uh, that uh so i do just I, I think the bosses are just excellent just all of them uh, hmm God, now you've got me thinking about the Arbiter's Grounds. Because, like, for me, Twilight Princess... Yeah, no, we'll talk about Twilight Princess for a minute. Um, Twilight Princess is... Twilight Princess is Dark Souls. And what I mean by that is not that it's hard or that it's Souls-like at all, but it is a flawed masterpiece. It has... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's... It does so many things right. But it does so many things wrong. And some of the things, most of the things, in my opinion, that it does wrong... Dating this guy. Is, um... It wastes your fucking time. Some yeah. of the game feels so ridiculously padded. It's like maybe, I don't know, first two and a half hours of the game. <laughs> Pretty shit. One of the slowest, uninteresting openings to a Zelda game ever. Maybe second only to Skyward Sword. Fair. <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. Um. Uh -oh. But then, you know, like the whole I got to put this book back together and make your rod work again and move these statues and collect these letters and shoot your fucking face out of a cannon. It's, it's all dumb. And then you go your payoff for all that bullshit is the worst dungeon in the game. I don't think that's the worst dungeon in the game, but I think the Temple of Time is. I uh, but yeah, I Oof. agree. The game has very high highs and very low lows. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, like Part of what I dislike about the Temple of Time is the whole thing feels useless because, you, like you just said, your ping pong paddle breaks when you leave, and yeah. <laughs> then you just have to go do a quest to fix the thing you just got in a dungeon. Yeah. But on the other hand, it makes sense why it breaks. Yeah, whatever. It's a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, it's a video game! <laughs> I mean, you're right, but I don't I don't hate the Temple of Time. Um, it's not my favorite at all, but it's not my least favorite. Sitting in the Sky it, is, though. It was severely disappointing to me. I'll put it that way, <laughs> probably for very for very personal reasons in this case. Um, to <laughs> go on making too long because Jake's over there sitting like, why can't I talk about A Link to the Past? Why did they <laughs> but uh, uh, I lead Zelda Universe now. But before I was there, I had my own Zelda site, and it was called the Temple of Time. So oh. I was very excited that the Temple of Time was a dungeon, and uh, was very disappointed with what I got. 
That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, that one's personal. That's fair. I get that. And they broke my ping-pong paddle. <laughs> Good item to begin with. Yeah, it's fairly useless. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Link to Nick. the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. So is there anything else you want to add about Link to the Past? Uh, Honestly, not really. Like, there's not too much else to really talk about or it's almost then if hmm? i was gonna say like i feel like i haven't said a whole lot but that was kind of the opposite was zelda 2 i guess um, <laughs> um no i think that uh I, I think that my opinion like you said at the beginning is definitely definitely rose tinted um just from growing up playing and i feel like there's a lot of games from growing up that were like that and part of it is just growing up you don't have as many games uh games sure. feel a lot more uh precious them. yeah they, they felt a lot more precious than because i only got a couple of years or something so uh so like you would spend so much time playing them you know right. I've, I've told lots of people i used to just in ocarina of time i used to just go to lake hylia and shoot the birds or the quays like from the top of the building it's like there's no reason to do that it was just it was the game i had and yep. uh, you were just killing time playing a game and a link to the past was that it was the first time i got into any of it um and maybe one it might have actually been the first video game i ever finished um wow uh, and also in a lot of ways is the reason i'm on this podcast um that uh you know it just it made me fall in love with something uh, but nowadays a lot of games uh, are a lot more just in the moment there's so many and yeah. we can afford to buy so many that you know you. I don't know how many I finished this year <laughs> every month is a different game yep. and then it's like you never play that game ever again yep. unless it's a Zelda game in which case you replay it every year of course uh, of course properly right. uh, for charity <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no it's just like yeah like i i can see how the game has flaws now but uh it's still hard for me to admit that even um uh, because it is like it's still my favorite um and it's funny that i've probably played twilight princess more times than i played a link to the past mm -hmm. uh, despite it being my favorite uh, but uh start to finish anyway uh, but uh i don't no, think I, just... I would even put this in my top five honestly and see like i don't even, i don't think it's the best zelda game um i don't even, i don't even think it's the best 2d zelda game if i'm like trying to be as objective as possible mm -hmm. uh, i think the best 2d zelda game is the minish cap um, um i think that game is highly underrated highly highly underrated um I think, but I do think uh, Ocarina of Time is the best Zelda game. I I have things to say about Minish Cap, <laughs> and I'm gonna save it's most of it. Thing. Yeah, well, it's, I have one bad thing to say. Kinstones? Uh, no, no, Kinstones don't bother me. Kinstones are cool. Yeah, they're pretty neat, actually. Um, my biggest issue with Minish Cap, and I'm gonna save a lot of this for when we hit Minish Cap in the podcast and some upcoming Zelda episodes, but. My biggest issue with Minish Cap, and it's what stopped me cold the last time I played it, is uh, all of the back and forth backtracking trading sequence stuff that is required. It slows the pace of the game down so hard. 
But I was just like, no, no. I no, there's wanna. there's a lot of little extra side quest feeling things that aren't side quests. Uh, and, uh, yeah, for sure. Collecting library books. It's dumb. So you can build a ladder. It's like, ugh. like I got I got decently good at it because I played it for Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. There are things like that. But no, I do think that it it's the best two D Zelda game. Uh, it is really good. I do uh, like it a lot. Just looking at them objectively. Uh, but so yeah. yeah, a link to the past. Uh, I'm going to start since I, well, I definitely do like A Link to the Past. Um, I think out of all three of us, I like it the least. So I am going to start by saying that A Link to the Past is essential. Full stop. It, it is, it is one of the quintessential games, uh, that like, yeah, we got all the wooshy wooshy 3D stuff now, but you want to take a little step back and look at where the games came from. This is it. This is the one. But it is overhyped to shit. I I agree. Like, I mean, I feel like we're all going to say it's essential at this point. It's like, you like it the least. (laughs) Jake is definitely going to say it's optional. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, so it's essential, and it's the same for the same reason. Like, uh, if you're going to go back and see where Zelda came from, uh, but you can't handle NES, this is where you go back to. Yeah. and and even and even then, I would say that if you go back and play Zelda one and two, you might not even get the sense of where Zelda came from unless you're really just looking at Breath of the Wild yeah. and going back to play the Legend of Zelda. Then you can see where the latest Zelda came from. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> our our formula came from a link to the past. The Master Sword came from a link to the past. The Hookshot came from a link to the past. Um, the concept of the sacred realm came from a link to the past. Uh, the concept of Ganon and Ganondorf, even even though that's only in the manual, the Ganondorf part that came from a link to the past. Um, and and really, if we get into real storyline, uh, timeline stuff, even to the tiniest extent, the backstory of where Ocarina of Time was first mentioned essentially is a link to the past. Uh, and I know we didn't even read the storyline. Uh, oh, don't make me do like this. Pages. Oh, God. No, I won't make you read it. But the, the trick with the story is that it actually is more than just the game's story. Like Zelda 2 had that weird thing with the wizard kind of backstory. This is where that story in Ocarina of Time about the creation of Hyrule, that came from the A Link to the Past instruction manual. Wow. Uh, so like that's this is where they really established Hyrule, established like the lore of Hyrule, and Link isn't just a random Christian anymore. (laughs) Hyrule has its own goddesses and its own religion and its own, like just its own setup. Uh, And this is where it all got put together. Uh, And even recurring thematic places. uh, You know, we already had the name Hyrule, but there really wasn't a Hyrule castle until now. There was the North castle in Zelda two that you've become way too familiar with. But uh, <laughs> but this is Lake Hylia, and this is Kakariko Village, and uh, I mean Death Mountain existed before, and the Lost Woods kind of existed before. Um, but there's just so many places and concepts and themes and items that showed up here for the first time. That this is the place you go back to see how it started, really. And you, Snake? So 
So, ha, no, right? <laughs> no. We already know essential. I, oh, yeah. I got nothing more to add to it. Like, it's a great game. Yep. It's where things started. And, you know, interestingly enough, I don't think that you can say this about Zelda 1 and 2, but A Link to the Past as both a randomizer game and as a speedrun game has made some people's careers on the internet. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's so well-loved and so well-known. It's the first game Link has a house in. <laughs> and an uncle. Family. <laughs> Dies. <laughs> he does. Brought back. And then he comes back. It's fine. Oh, can we just bring up the fact real quick that in the opening of the game, they just show the king dead on his throne. Wait, he's dead on the throne when they show him? Yeah, it's a skull face. Is it really? I always just thought that was a wonky sprite. No. <laughs> it used to be him as a skeleton sitting on his throne. That's uh, dark. Okay. Wow. Hmm. No, see, it's been... 25 years since I first played this game and I'm still learning something. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is the first time sages were mentioned too, even if in the original translation they were wise men. But that concept is from here as well. Very true. Well, that was good. Um, is there anything else either of you would like to add? Play Zelda There's two. a lot more in the Zelda series. <laughs> Play Zelda 2. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Don't make me do it again, please. <sighs> Good. All right. Well, thank you to both of you for uh, coming and hanging out with me for three hours to talk bullshit about Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and Zelda 3. I appreciate it. It's fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a good time. And that means that next week, uh, yeah, next week, uh, we're going to do Zelda Part 2, which will include some more Zelda games. I don't remember which ones or who's here for it, but uh, I'm sure you'll find out next week. Um, Are you going in order? I did, uh, no, because we're like, we're breaking them up by like a certain thing. Um, I okay. believe that Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask have their own. Um, I'm, I believe Wind Waker and Twilight Princess might be together. And I believe that like all of the handheld games are together. So Minish Cap, Oracle of Ages, Oracle Seasons, um, OG Link's Awakening, uh, Link Between Worlds, all that kind of stuff. Hey, you. Um, looks like all I have is one of these. I hope to take it. But uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, and I don't know if it's all the beverages that I drink or whatever I ate today from Sonic and or McDonald's. Uh, but my asshole feels like it's about to explode. So I'm going to go take care of that business. Uh, thank you guys uh, in the uh, in the chat for watching and hanging out. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to go.